Yo, what up? Crucial Tunes, Season 5, Episode 5. Right up the what middle. Up? My name's Larry. I'm Chris. We are uh, fucking joined by Eric Von Denton, star of uh, Disney Channel original <laughs> movie, Brink. We are also joined with um, Max Dennison of uh, Salem, Oregon, um, formerly of Los Angeles, Hollywood. <laughs> These jokes are funny to nobody but you. Get fucked, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. These jokes are real. Uh, we got uh, we got our good buddy Mill here with us today. What's going on? Nothing, man. I'm fucking psyched about this. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Of course, of course man. man. Um, Whoa, did you know weird. the guy that played Max Dennison, Omri Katz, he was in that show Erie, Indiana in the early 90s? He sure was. And he still had the greatest butt cut that wasn't Eric Von Detten. <laughs> That's true. Eric but. Eric Von Detten is the butt cut Christ. Yeah. The butt cut Christ. <laughs> All right. This, uh, this episode's already insane. <laughs> anyway, uh, what are y'all listening to at the moment? Uh, today, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Tony Danza tap dance extravaganza because R.I.P., uh, the original guitarist of Tony. Oh, Danza. did he just die? Yeah, they know. Oh, Sky Point, his, that guy. Yeah, his uh, Brad. It's his name's Brad Thompson. Um, and uh, Bummer, he, was man. On, he was on the first two Danza albums, which, in my opinion, are the best two Danza albums. Um, fucking just an innovator, man. He's a great guitarist. Uh, R.I.P. And then I also have been on a heavy. Remembering never kick since Mean Pete died. I don't know if we've covered that on this show yet. You I know what? I, I don't think we fucking have. Yeah, I don't think we've recorded one since Mean Pete died. But yeah, Mean oh, Pete's Scott been battling. Mean Pete too. Yeah, Mean Pete's been battling cancer for a few years, and I uh, finally got him. So, uh, R.I.P. to Mean Pete, who actually I met a couple of times at Furnace Fest, and it was not mean at all. So, uh, <laughs> mean, nice mean Pete. Pete. <laughs> so they actually when so remembering never played. Uh, like the first the furnace fest 2021 um they played the like the pre-show the night before sure and uh john hunt from dead to fall started a chant during their set of nice pete so like the whole weekend everybody was calling him nice pete it was fucking great but nice pete is a knuckle tattoo so is mean pete <laughs> <laughs> i should get that even though my name's not pete but dude the mean pete one that really fucked me up man like i i I, it's not like I knew him personally, but like he's been a a big influence on me for years, you know. Sure, sure. And uh, and I did meet him a couple of times, and you know, I I shot the shit with him in the Furnace Fest community group on Facebook <laughs> and everything, and always a cool dude, you know. And that that sucks a lot. And I I didn't know Brad Thompson from Danza, but I know a lot of people that did, and they all vouched for him. So right on, man. We're at that age, man. It sucks. Now, people could die at any time. <laughs> I know, I know, but we're at the age where it's like consistently happening now. It's a bummer. And the yeah. dude from uh, the dude that did Dale's voice from King of the Hill died today too. No, fuck off for real. Yeah, yeah, Dale Gribble. Damn. Oh, RIP. Damn. My uh, my cover know, photo right? on Facebook um, was like I don't know, probably six years ago. Was a screenshot of that scene where he's sticking his ass out the car window, like hitting all those bushes. <laughs> 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 oh god so fucking tight but um, yeah that's I, I i i shot up my uh my entire time of uh my what i've been listening to but that's 
That really okay. is a lot of what I've been listening to anyway, remembering Never and Danza. So. Sure. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of what we're talking about today, but also <laughs> I've been doing that since uh, fucking 30 years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, fair. And uh, you sent me that Magnitude track today. Sick, right? So I've been listening to Magnitude all day. I had never heard them until today. Yeah, Triple B, and man. They don't go wrong. They're just a fucking cookie cutter ass melodic hardcore band but they're sick yeah very good very Which good nothing when, you had, huh when when they came out in like i think 2019 was their first release or something like that steve showed it to me and i'm like this is exactly what it's supposed to be <laughs> it really is like but it's, it's awesome right right i mean it's it is the definition of like modern melodic hardcore I, but it in in a it, just the right way you know it's it's like the sounds first record, so good they have like their name in like a really shitty font and you're like yes you're supposed to <laughs> and, like after i listened to that first song i'm like this is exactly the songs we've been writing for the last year like this it, they sound exactly fucking like this it's fucking sick they're a great band i really like that um so yeah 90s punk and um magnitude that's the bulk of it for the last couple days anyway i got nothing really cool to say <laughs> that's fine how about you mill um there's a band that i might be able to talk about in this episode but i don't know if you guys have heard of them they're called weston they're I know like weston a, yeah like they're the like hotel a 90s kind of they're like a 90s um i guess they're punk they're kind of they're weird because they were like young kids so their their albums are kind of like they'll have like a like a punk song like a d-beat song then they'll have a song that kind of sounds like weezer and then they'll have one that sounds like <laughs> gin blossoms but it all sounds the same too at the same mm-hmm. time Oh, that uh, sounds I, like my favorite band ever. I love that. They, they have a record from 96 called Got Beat Up, and it's like one of my favorite records lately. I just really like it's not shitty enough quality to like sound bad, but it's still got that gritty like we couldn't afford good recordings because it's the 90s and on tape sound. Oh, it's yeah. on a, it's on go-kart records. Yeah, it's so it's so sick. Um How they sick have other is records. Go-kart too. Records. <laughs> it's dope. Um and then uh, I don't know a little a little hip hop here and there. I've been into some future and you know I mean I've been kind of looking for something. Uh, New teenage wrist is good, by the way. Um, it is, yes, cool. it is. It is. Good. Was, Larry's been trying to get me on teenage wrist, and I keep I I swear I've listened to them at one point, but I do not remember what they sound like. The nineties. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, they're like grungy, like, right? They're like really melodic, yeah. grungy, like um, like a more like polished and hooky dr- it, drug church it, it's like okay. shoegaze that's easy to listen to okay like poppy shoegaze it's not slow I, and boring dude, that's that's i do i i don't mind the slow and boring shoegaze either so that's right I'm, I'm but like that. they have a little bit more like like structure yeah yeah yeah. i, hey, yeah. I dig Ooh, I, I like the way I that saw sounds this, i saw a band on saturday um we were at this like fried chicken pop-up at a brewery in Valpo and there was a couple bands playing and there was this band from South Bend called Spaceships and they're like just big, vibey, slow, heavy, shoegazy, poppy metal. And they're they're fucking sick and they're the the coolest dudes I've ever talked to. It was awesome. They're just called Spaceship? They're called Spaceships, plural. Shout out Kanye West. (laughs) In, in twenty in twenty twenty three, how is they've, spaceships? They've been a, a they've been a band for like twelve years or some shit. I think they're all like forty or something. They're like older dudes. Fair enough. Well, to be fair, like when I came up playing in bands, which I'm not that much younger than you guys, but like I started a little later. 
It was in that era where everybody's band name was like modeled after like bands like Panic at the Disco. Yeah. So it'd be like fucking some word, then some sort of like punctuation, and then a sentence. (laughs) You know, like we like we comma this or I that or fucking like yo, and then this like explanation point like some bullshit and it's just like mtv raps yeah yo that would actually have been sick as hell yo mtv raps (laughs) you're gonna cease and desist so fucking fast now if you use a w like like gift wrap like like uh what's the dis the the disney channel uh under wraps (laughs) (laughs) fucking mommy movie (laughs) (laughs) that movie's kind of shitty Oh no! Yeah, it is. You're right. <laughs> like, cause then they're like, "Well, we're gonna do Halloween Town," and everyone's like, "Yeah, okay, fuck that other movie." <laughs> Dude, That's Halloween true. Town fucking rips. Yeah, I was gonna say, sure. go ahead and say something wrong about Halloween oh, Town. Oh no, Hell, there's no nothing way. wrong with Halloween Town. Halloween Grandma's Town hanging out with the rules. wiener dude. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great song name in like 2005. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a great <laughs> song name in 2000. What year is it? 23. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I know. I wrote, I literally was filling some paperwork out at work and I wrote, la- this was last year. I wrote 2002 instead of 22. And I was oh, yeah. just like, oh, Christ. I fucking wish, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, yes. We're talking about, we're doing normal format, our list of ranking shit because we think our opinions are better than everybody's because they are. And we're ranking punk rock <clears throat> albums from the 1990s. We've been doing shit from the 90s for the last five ep- or four episodes so we're just gonna keep going mm-hmm. and this is uh this is a good one this this was very fucking hard for me this was hard for me but in a different way uh you probably had when when larry says it's hard for him which this shouldn't be a surprise for anybody he means that there was way too much shit and he had to filter it down to 10 yes uh i i on the other hand I was not into punk in the nineties. So, uh, all the punk I know is through the lens of, uh, what, when did we start? No fences, 2016, 2015. No, it was 2014 when we recorded no fences, right? Maybe. Uh, and that was when I started in a punk band and I didn't know anything about punk. And Larry made me a playlist and said, Hey, listen to these bands. Um, and it's not that I didn't know any punk. Like, there's a couple albums on here that I was very familiar with in the 90s growing mm-hmm. up. Um, but the rest of it, I kind of have gone back and discovered. So I had to remember all that. <laughs> so there's me who has, I have no business talking about the 90s because I was <laughs> born in the 90s. What what year were you born? I don't. I know you're younger, but I don't know how much younger. Ninety two. I turn thirty one okay. next month. I'm not okay. that young. Yeah, but I was gonna I, say you're you're a year younger than my wife. That's not crazy. But but a lot of a lot of my like exposure was like early two thousands and going backwards. Um, which we could, uh, which I'll probably bring up my introduction to some of these when we talk about the list because, again, like some of these records came out and I was like two or three years old. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't really matter because how many records do you get into that have been out forever? Oh, for sure. I, I you know, we talked uh, last week. What was last week's episode? Emo. Emo. Yeah, and I talked about Jehu, and yeah, I fucking very much love, my shit. I love Yank Crime, man, and I didn't even know that album existed until just a few years ago. So I I think uh, to like that sub like '90s emo is. I mean, that's some of my favorite music. Like for real, 
Um, but I think it's such a like kind of underground subgenre of a already kind of obscure type of music mm-hmm. in today's world. So people like emo and they're all like, I, I said this later, they was like, yeah, like Panic at the Disco, Fall Out Boy. And I'm like, well, not really, but not shitting on those bands. But it's like, no, I'm talking yeah. about like fucking like, you know, like Jehu or even bands like I love like Game Face and fucking like Promise Ring and shit like that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird how... You know, again, I, I go to 90s emo, but I'm not like, well, it's because it's from the 90s. It's just people stop making records like that after the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Nothing sure. gold. You know? Yeah. Think gold. Agreed. Well, I tried to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, let's, you want to. Well, what were you going to say? Because I was going to say I, we jumped I didn't, in. Uh, I didn't like Cool Guy my list. I like was straight That's up about like, not I'm true. not going to be like, I didn't Cool Guy my list. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be like, oh, I like. I like Zeke more than I like Blink-182 and this. And you're like, no, I'm fucking... I was, Everyone knows that's a lie anyway, so... No, but, like, it's shit like that. It is a, there's some fucking, like, not cool right stuff o- on here, but right it's stuff that plate. I fucking love, so I don't, <laughs> well, I don't care. I'll just say you guys are lucky Blink didn't put out five records in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Fair enough. <laughs> that's fair. Um, Do you want me to start my honorables? Yeah, you guys both start with yours, because I, te- I only have four honorables, so... Okay. Um, my first one, uh, Epitaph Records, 1997, is So Long and Thanks for All the Shoes from No Effects. Okay. Yeah. I I, um, I I knew No Effects would be on the list pretty quick. I just wasn't sure how quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's my favorite No Effects record for sure. My favorite No Effects song is uh, Kids from the K-Hole, and it's on this record. It's uh, It's about doing ketamine and being crazy. Just really, it's a, a fast, riffy, super fucking melodic, harmonious skate punk record. It sounds like fucking no effects. It's no exactly way. You, you, think. you love a fast, riffy record? I do, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's so I got uh, I got about nine more of them to mention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my um, whole list is almost exclusively skate punk. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Skate punk is my favorite music. No, what Whatever. do you got for your? <laughs> All right, well, first I, I, just, I just want to preface this by saying I had to fight it out between this and the one I got left off the list. Um, the one that I left off was Misfits American Psycho because we needed to. Me and Larry always talk about this. I feel like this is how people feel about younger people who like the Matt Skiba Blink albums. I'm like, yo, I like the Graves Misfits albums, even though like I shouldn't probably. Uh, I almost put Famous Monsters on here because I yeah. fucking love that album. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really do. It's a great record, man. <laughs> but the record I put on, and I don't know if you guys know this band because I actually discovered them within the last like year, but it's such a good record. There's a band from England. They put out one record ever in 1995, and they're called, it's stylized like the band you'd think. It's Guns and Wankers. Um, fucking right on and it's like an eight song full length like a shorter full length from 95 it's self-titled and it's such a fucking cool like it it sounds like it's skate punk ish but it also kind of has a little bit of like a good pop melody good rock but it's definitely punk um it sounds like shit that you'd hear at the skate park back in the day or that you'd like skate with your buddies or even like in a video like but it's not like the stereotypical skate punk but it's shit you'd hear like when you're like hanging out you know what i mean yeah 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 very fucking cool so you guys should check it out um there's some good jams it's catchy and they're english so you can't understand any other english i love Sick. that i yeah. i am very into like the really like 
raunchy. I, I forget what Cockney. That Cockney accent is that what you're kind of? Yeah, it's kind of like they're singing, um, and I feel like they're trying to imitate like Southern California vocalists, sort of. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. And it's also on tape and like really distorted, but it sounds like the quality's not bad. It's just like has that kind of, um, it's like brick wall mastering almost. So it's all just loud as shit. It's awesome. Fuck yeah, that sounds sick. That sounds sick as hell. That's a cool ass call because I've never heard of that. I I stumbled across them recently. That's awesome. What's your first honorable, Chris? Well, my first honorable, uh, this I, I I don't know if I said it on like as we were recording or if this was pre-show, but I mentioned that I cheated on a, a couple of albums. Uh, I don't like this one. It's not really punk. I'm going to say it right up front. It's not really a punk album, but I just wanted to mention Refused Shape of Punk to Come from 1998. That could be a punk album. It's uh, it's it's on Epitaph Records. Yeah, it's like uh, punk hardcore. It, that is like the definition of post hardcore. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I love it. Uh, it was so the only reason I even thought to include it, I I wasn't even thinking about refused at all. Um, but like I said, I was having a hard time coming up with a list, so I just googled like best punk albums from the 90s and i it came up on like three lists so i was just like okay i guess i guess it counts um so yeah and anybody that knows uh refused like they they, you know they were legendary like godfathers of hardcore post-hardcore um yeah Cool, cool stuff. Can I can I put on a side note real quick? Sure. Yeah. I can't remember the band name, but um, the guy, what the fuck is his name? Cove, who sings on the Sayosin record with the bug, bug on record. It. The, the yeah. only good Sayosin. Yeah. The bug record. Like, me, me and me and Larry are both marks for that record. We love it. But hundred uh, percent. But uh, Cove has a band now. I Dead American. Dead American. Yeah, and they have an EP that has like it rips the cover of the Refused album. And it's called the Shake. The Shape of Punk is dumb. <laughs> and, and, and I, I feel like in a modern era like not he wasn't making fun of refuse he's kind of oh, just using sure. that familiarity but i was just like yeah like that's a great reference because first of all it's a great record that you're referencing but also like yeah like nowadays with genres it is fucking dumb yeah i'm gonna I don't make d- a record and the cover is gonna have a silhouette of a dude cranking and it's gonna be called the shape of pumping cum <laughs> guns and wankers dude that's our follow-up <laughs> Uh, also, <laughs> n- new noise. By the way, if if any anybody listening to this knows refused at all, you've heard the song "New Noise" that's yeah. on this album. Oh yeah, for sure. But agree okay, there. Yeah, for let's, sure. Let's move on. Uh, my next honorable, uh, 1999 Epitaph Records again. Um, Hopeless Romantic from the Bouncing Souls. That's ah. a great record. Um, love Bouncing Souls very much. I have Bouncing Souls heart on my arm. They're a wonderful fucking band. Super just melodic and fast <laughs> like all, all the, oh, yeah. the fucking other ones i'm gonna mention uh the coolest fucking bass tone just like that super clanky shitty punk tone it's it's everything i love in a record great songwriting super melodic big just like jcm 800 fiery ass chords it's fucking it's a great fucking record they have such a cool vibe to them they're just like yo we like to play soccer and get fucked up and then like play really gritty songs that are kind of poppy yeah it's like they're a cool band for sure fucking love the bouncing souls man but yeah that's uh that's my 
second honorable. What do you got? Um, okay, so I'm going to start getting into my bands that everybody will probably know these bands. But for me, I had to have a Pennywise album on this. And I have about I time. I specifically left Pennywise off because I knew you were going to have him. <laughs> yeah. So I have about time from 95, which Fuck Pennywise yeah. is a, a weird band because they kind of do a thing that a lot of these 90s or 80s even punk bands do where they all their records kind of sound the same. It's almost like getting a terror record. You know what you're getting, but it's great. <laughs> yeah. um, but Pennywise is a band that I always loved when I got into this kind of music because I, I love like Metallica and like older thrashy metal. And they have that kind of like metallic quality. They don't have as much major key shit, but then when they do, it has a really gritty like tonality to it. So this record to me kind of, it, it, it's like, it's not too long. There's not so much, you know, sh- bullshit going on. So I picked this one, but uh, it, it's just one of those bands where I'm like, they're, they're Southern California, but they're not what you'd think. They have that kind of more metal metallic sheen to them. Totally. So, totally. Yeah. Had to throw it's that home. minor key shit to them for sure. And if you watch any surf or skate video or anything, like you're going to hear Pennywise. Absolutely, you absolutely are. Pennywise fucking rules. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Shout out, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's their guitar player's name? Fletcher. Fletcher. Fletcher Drag, Fletcher. who's six foot eight and has like I've been as building my baritone to play an E standard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. He's a scary looking so- dude too. Uh, yeah, speaking he's fucking of, massive. Speaking of Pennywise, so here's a here's a uh, off shoot. I don't know what the fuck am I trying to say. I don't know. Uh, did you guys ever see that uh, documentary? It's like 10, 10 or so years ago called The Other F Word. Uh huh. It's it's basically about all these eighties and nineties punk dudes that are settling down and having families now, and like how drastically it's changing their lives. And Pennywise is featured prominently in this because for, oh, I would uh, imagine <laughs> for for a while um, their singer, uh, Jim, yeah, Jim, yeah. So he he actually quit Pennywise right he quit and touring for a few years. Like right as this documentary was coming out, was when he was quitting Pennywise um, because he had kids and you know it was taking him away from his family and um, and I guess yeah, him, him and Fletcher were like getting into it about it, but. I don't know. It's it's a great documentary. If you guys, if, I want to watch that for sure. Yeah, Fly, um, Penny. Sorry, I was say Pennywise played Warped Tour like eight times, I think, or something. They're like one of the most bands that's played the most times. And there's so many stories of Fletcher just picking on like you know the like scene bands and then yeah. like drinking all their beer. <laughs> Dude, Isn't Fletcher's- the band that's played Warped Tour the most times? Isn't it Simple Plan? I think it's Motionless and White or somebody like that. Ugh. Like more oh. modern, but I think they're only at nine. I looked this up once. It was them and somebody else, and then it was like Pennywise. You know all the usual suspects. No, I think we talked about that on Lost Causes one time, but I don't remember. We, we may probably have. did, probably. Yeah, whatever. Sorry, um, Chris, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, you didn't interrupt anything. What's uh, what's your next honorable, Chris? Uh, okay. So my second honorable, which would be your, you guys' third. Um, so this is, I don't, I hope this isn't on either of your lists. Uh, I'm going to go bad religion, stranger than fiction from 94. It is not. Okay. I have, I don't have that record in particular, so that's great. Okay. But I do have bad religion and I'm, I'm a little concerned that me and mill have the same bad religion record. I'm sure we do, but, uh, we'll work around it. Also that that's a great record too, though. I, so I'm, 
I'm a, a singles guy, as we've discussed many times on the show. Um, and the singles infected and 21st century digital boy yeah, on this amazing. record. And I fucking love those songs. I love, you know, bad religion is one of those bands. Like they do the terror thing too, where they've been writing the same record. Yeah. For 45 yeah. Years. <laughs> every, every record sounds the same, but it's always got those, th- their harmonies for That's a, a punk thing. band. They do. They have no business having that great of harmonies for a punk band. It's yeah, they're doing like three piece harmony over a D beat. Yeah, it's so With crazy. Like big ass fucking folk chords. Yeah, it's like yeah. Simon and Garfunkel, dude. I I uh, I love Bad Religion. There again. So I'm not like a huge punk guy. Well, I never was a huge punk guy. I, I've I've come to appreciate it a ton more in the last decade, but. I, I was never into punk back then, but Bad Religion was always one of those bands. Whenever they came on the radio or whenever somebody was playing them, I always fuck, I always loved it. Always. So I don't know a ton of their songs, but every single one of them that I've heard, I've enjoyed. So, Well, if you've heard those couple, then you've heard them all. <laughs> but right. the, thing about, the thing about Bad Religion, though, is I, I think from a historical standpoint, what they mean to punk, especially Brett, like they're very important. But also, like they're one of those bands where I kind of thought I was going to have more of them here, but a lot of the shit I love from the eighties yeah, or even I, some of their newer stuff too. I, yeah, I so. actually fought with that a lot when I was building this list. I kept thinking, Oh, how about this album? And then I looked at it 89 and like then 80, just, 87. Yeah. Oh shit, man. I'll just put it out there. Like no control <laughs> is one of my favorite albums ever, but it's 89. I'm like, well, that makes yeah. it easy. Yeah. Yeah. True. So uh, who's next? I think Larry's uh, on next- uh, number three, right? My next honorable is uh, 1999 Betty Rocket Records. Betty Rocket was like a smaller Christian label in the 90s and 2000s. The album is called In Our Time Shout of Need. Shout out thine Lord. Shout out thine <laughs> fucking Lord, man, for real. Uh, it's uh, In Our Time of Need by Sick of Change. Uh, they're the fastest, riffiest, catchiest skate punk band fucking ever. Um, the bass player of Rufio, this was, I think, his first band. Um, oh, Rufio, they're so fucking <laughs> super, super technical, like crazy technical, crazy fast, crazy melodic. Um, their uh, lyrical content is fucking corny and fucking <laughs> bogus as hell. It's ridiculous, but the songs are so fucking good that I don't care. But it's, it was written by like 14 year old Christian kids. Of course, they're not going to be singing about any tight shit. Uh, it's a great fucking album, though. They're a wonderful, wonderful band. They never really got that big, but uh, great fucking record. I've heard of them before, but I don't think I've actually listened to them. Probably because of the Rufio connection. Yeah, probably. I was probably reading about it or something because I Cause read they were all that shit. Decently small, but they yeah. were fucking wonderful. They were a great band. That's cool. I'm gonna check that out. You'd you'd fucking love them. You would love them. I'm sure because I'm the, especially for like the type of shit that I write, I fall in between the riffy and the punk kind of stuff. So crazy uh, riffy, crazy fast, super yeah. melodic, tons and tons of fucking harmony. Just super. What good. year did you say it was from? 99? 99. Okay. Their their best record came out in 01. I think they only put out two albums. So their second <laughs> That's like- record's better, but. So and, many bands I wanted to put on here where I was like, their best record's from 2000 or 2001. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for real. Um, Am I next? Yes. So I yes. have a no effects record in this slot. Okay. I had to have no effects on the list, but my favorite no effects record is actually White Trash, Two Heaves, and a Bean. Fucking right on. Um, 
I know that they probably have better records than that. But the thing <laughs> sure. for me is like they this record has a lot of this weird like El Jefe plays a lot of those blues solos and shit. And that's really right up my alley. Like you guys know in all the shit that I'm involved in, I'm always kind of I'm not like a ripper, but I'm always trying to like throw that kind of shit in the in the bridge sections and whatever. And it, it, I don't know. The songs are fun. They're catchy. And I want to say Bob is one of the first no effect songs I ever heard. Yeah, that's Brett. That tracks. So like, I probably gravitated towards that. I have that record on vinyl. Like it's just one of those albums where it's like, I mean, again, no effects is another band where it's like, you kind of know what you're going to get, but they also are great songwriters. Very true. They are wonderful songwriters. Um, that's got the straight edge cover on it where they do it like kind of like jazz. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then uh, Liza and Louise is like one of my favorite, like the whole sold out, like the whole, I, I mean, that record just is one of those where I put it on, it flies by, but you can just drive to it or whatever. So another great Hell skateboarding yeah. record. Oh, totally. Totally true. The, also, side note, I guess Fat Mike wanted to name it something a lot more offensive no and way it's all, and it's already <laughs> like a decently offensive i mean not title. in 19 not in 1992 it probably wasn't well no in 1992 you could have called something like very very offensive and no one would have really but, cared but i guess the reason he backed out was because his uh very religious jewish grandmother was disappointed in what he was going to name it <laughs> i'll let people read about that online so shout out fat mike respects his grandma yeah but seemingly just her (laughs) literally only her and no and no one else is safe and all the bands that he signs to his label he's very good to his bands yeah he is um i will say he got a bad rap over some bs lately with paramore and yeah he did and i like listened to his side of it and theirs and i was like i don't think fat mike was actually in the wrong because he just said something like he was making a dumb joke then apologized for it said i didn't mean to offend anybody i was making a a, a, a joke that was in poor taste which is what he does yeah he's fat and, mike and then i was like oh man like you're gonna try to fucking drag fat mike down like good luck because his track record's gonna take you a while to get through <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty true. <laughs> but anyways, I, I like his band. I I love his band. They're a very, very, very important band, and they're great songwriters. Hell yeah. Good, good I, ass call. I really liked uh, that Koki the Clown album. <laughs> <laughs> that's a sentence right there. <laughs> like Dr. Roxo. That was good shit, man. That's fucking Dude, rad. Fat Mike What's has like a literal torture chamber <clears throat> in his basement. <laughs> what a weird fucking dude. I love that he's he is like he's just himself though like he's not he's unapologetically just him you know yeah. and everybody knows it that's that's that is like the most punk thing of all time yeah he's you, punk as fuck man you guys remember yeah. there's a, there's a bowling for soup song where he talks about somebody and he goes he listens to emo but Fat Mike's his hero and I'm like that's me <laughs> <laughs> what's up what's your next one Chris uh. Hopefully this is not one that you guys have. Probably not. Um, I'm going to go with Propagandi, Less Talk, More Rock from 96. I don't have that one. I didn't put them on. I thought about it, but that's a great call. Um, I did put them on, but not that record. I I didn't. This was one of the bands that I didn't know anything about Propagandi until we did No Fences. And people God, he's a fucking metal. I was about to say no fences is a perfect (laughs) band to have draw inspiration for that. That's uh, while we were in no fences, uh, people were like uh, telling 
telling us that like apparently they thought my singing in no fences sounded like propaganda and i was like well i don't hear it but fuck yeah man this that's sick so uh yeah. i i i deep i did a deep dive in propaganda back then and uh this is one of my favorites of theirs i know they got a lot of material and uh i love lyrically i love how uh just straightforward and political they are um oh totally they're they they just they say exactly what they mean um however i do remember uh our drummer from no fences kyle was talking about when he was on tour with them um and he said they're like a huge bummer to hang out with because like that that switch that that like angry political switch just never shuts off apparently that's just who they are all day every day uh, and they are not fun people. <laughs> so. Ooh, that's too <laughs> oh, bad. Bummer. That is a bummer. Yeah. Um. I don't know, backtracking to something you said, isn't it funny? Because we'll hear something and think of this too. But how people will hear something you did musically, and they're like, "Oh, I," and they'll mean it as a compliment. But like, it reminds me of this, and you're like, "Thanks, I don't fucking hear that at all." <laughs> yeah. But yeah, for sure. thanks. Yeah. Sometimes people though, sometimes people will come up to me and say something, and they'll apologize. Like, I hope I didn't offend you, and I'm like. No, you heard it. Nobody else did, though. Like how how much I jock Parkway Drive. Uh, I remember this happened pretty regularly. After Get By shows, people would always tell me, like, you guys sound like Rise Against. And I was like, no, we fucking don't. Well, but the thing is, too, is people's like a lot of people who maybe don't know, like the genre, that's their perception of it. Like my mom thinks everybody who sings in a pop punk band sounds like Tom DeLonge. They do. <laughs> well, they do, but like also Tom has a very like you know it when it's him because oh, he's no, they, fucking they the people want to sound like Tom DeLong. Right. Well, they did. There was a big window where they did. Now everyone just wants to sound like Parker Cannon, but that's neither here nor there. And then there's me who just wants to fucking sound like Garth Brooks. No, just kidding. I'll never <laughs> sing no like fences. that. I can't I can't pull it off. I, I don't even know. Um I'm sure I'll figure out by the end of this episode an education in who I imitate. <laughs> oh, sick. <laughs> Going through this uh, list. My next so. one is uh, also propaganda. Oh. Um, 1993 fa- from Fat Records, How to Clean Everything. That's the GOAT. <laughs> Their first album. Um, just cr- crazy technical. I can't I can't just keep describing every record as like riffy and fast and melodic, <laughs> but they all fucking are. <laughs> That's like got a great album cover too. Yeah, it's like that blue and yellow. Shout out well, to used. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love propaganda. I love skate punk. I won't keep saying the same thing about every album because that's what I'm gonna end up doing. So yeah, I'll I'll leave it there. Excuse cool. me. Um, okay, so I have the band I'm wearing on my T-shirt, which only you guys can see, but uh, no use for a name. Yep. Uh, and the reason they didn't really make my top five and their honorable mention is because I think some of their best work is really early 2000s. Um, they have a lot of great True. records in the 90s. They really do. But I think and Sky Point, Tony Sly, who his uh, anniversary of his passing just recently happened. Tony but, Sly uh, for fucking ever and ever and ever. I, He's the greatest songwriter of all time. Yeah, and I'll, I'll use this kind of space to just throw this out there. The album is Electricon Carne that I put, 95. Um, it's got like Soulmate and you know a bunch of songs that people probably know if they listen to this genre. But 
I picked that record just because I that's like my favorite 90s one that they did. But I think Tony Sly is one of those guys who took a lot, not a long time, but every time they did a record, he came more into his own because he originally was just singing and not like really writing their songs. And then they realized like, oh, this guy's the best songwriter in the band. And oh, then yeah. they had a million other people in the band. So he was the consistent guy. But um, like, I think some of his best stuff is like Hard Rock Bottom and kind of. That's my down. favorite No Use for a Name record for right. sure. I mean, and, and, and two also like this is a more kind of uh, what I said about Pennywise has like that metallic kind of thrash. It's, it's very dark, like tonally. It's very dark. Right. But he's also the guy who you listen to him play some of these songs acoustically and they're beautiful. Oh, yeah. They're haunting as fuck. Yeah. So I had to throw that one on there. Um Sky Point, Tony Sly, and uh, if you haven't listened to that record, it's a uh, it's a good listen. Very cool. That's awesome. Has a goofy ass album cover. It's like a guy going to a fridge with a bunch of like creatures and shit or something, or like yeah. a huge like cartoon ham and stuff. He looks like Skeeter from Doug. What is leche con carne? Doesn't that translate to milk steak? Yeah. So yeah, shout out. Uh, it's always sunny. <laughs> in Philadelphia, <laughs> it's always sunny in Philadelphia. That's fucking sick. <laughs> Hell yeah! Um, I, what's your next one? Uh, I'm actually I'm gonna abstain this round uh, because I have a feeling that this album is gonna appear on one of your two lists. Uh, That's okay. I mean it. It happened already. I did it. No, my my number five on my actual list is Let's Check on Carne. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my oh, bad. Oh. No, it's you. We didn't talk about it before, well, so like, you know what? Actually, so this is, you know, maybe this one won't be on your list because this uh, this band is definitely going to probably be on both of your lists, but this album probably not. Um, I feel like this was more commercial. Maybe I don't know. You tell me if this was more. Commercial. There is one that I think you think is going to be on my list, but I'm positive it's going to be on yours. So I completely left this band off. Okay. And I think this is where you're going. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't think you can have a punk list without mentioning this band. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Green Day. Oh, okay. You're right. But I I'm, do have Green Day. <laughs> but I'm going to say Dookie 94. Okay. Is I have that honorable territory? mention. Yeah. D- Dookie is an honorable mention. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to burn your house down. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I Well, so it was... Between this and my next one for getting on as my number five. Um, okay, fair, fair. And I overall just picked the other one. Okay, that's all right. I don't know. Dookie was the one. Uh, so I was I think I've mentioned this on the show before. I was not allowed to listen to this album when I was a kid. I wasn't um, either. I had to sneak because, it into my house. Because they said fuck on it or something. And like, uh, Yeah, like 200 times. There was a song <laughs> about like... like cranking and going blind and like doing crack and stuff yeah, my, like, my mom didn't know that much about popular music <laughs> in the early 90s but she she heard that green day had the word fuck on their album and i wasn't allowed to listen to it but i still rented it from the library a couple times and you know there's no parental advisory sticker on it though which is bananas well that was before i think that I, yeah, was, I don't think that, that was before a, al a gore's thing, wife right? yeah it was before al gore's wife like went no, off that the was, deep end. that was because of what um me so horny. Who does that? Uh, two live crew. Um, it was whatever I, year D Snyder went into the court and was like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him at a Blackhawks game once. Shout out D Snyder. Oh, yeah. So parental advisory labels first started in 1987. So it, yeah. It so Dookie for sure should have, should have had a, uh, a couple of them. Well, but what label was it on? 
Reprise. Uh, Reprise, yeah. That was, a major, yeah no, that was a major label. Yeah, but nobody cared because it wasn't like they didn't expect it to get that big. Yeah, and it was the biggest album ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I won't it, go on like too f- crazy of a dookie rant because I've been doing that for 30 years. Um, I'll, I'll keep it short and just be super blunt. It is the most important album ever made, period. I will talk about it when we get to my Green Day spot on the list. Okay. Because I, I don't want to not talk about it here, but I, we're going to talk about it again. So That's yeah. true. I talk about Dookie every fucking day. They keep sharing on Instagram like these like cryptic things of like a, an old picture and, and just hashtag Dookie 30. So I think they're doing something big for Dookie's 30 in February. Fair enough. Whatever uh, it is, I'm going to I'm going to I'm do just, it. I'm just tickled by saying we'll talk about Dookie later. <laughs> <laughs> Sick. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a child. Are we have one more uh, mention left? I have one more honorable. Yeah. And uh, my my last one is 1996 Atlantic Records, produced by fucking Rick Ocasek, uh, the Gray Race for Better Religion. I have the same one. No shit, in the same spot. (laughs) Same spot. Wow. (laughs) Also, shout out Rick Ocasek, who did the Rick Ocasek fucking rules, man. And he did Bad Brains too. He did. uh, Rick Ocasek was on my honorable list when we did. Oh, for sure. When we did our favorite engineers and producers, Rick Ocasek was on my list. Um. The cars are fucking sick. Just saying. Yes, they are. Yeah, and I was gonna all, say you get you're mentioning these albums you produced, but I'm like, dude, the fucking cars. Like, we have, <laughs> how we gonna talk about Rico Kasich and not say anything about the cars? Because I like I like Bad Religion way more than I like the cars. Oh, I don't know, man. The cars are. And fucking it makes great. me it makes me want to wear shades all the time, just like he does. Did he yeah. always has shades on? Wonder, was yeah. he buried with shades? Probably right. I, probably. Oh, I'm gonna do that, and they're gonna be like Mills buried in his hangover shades. <laughs> Fucking sick. Um, this is for sure my favorite Bad Religion album. Um, pretty unpopular thing to say, actually, but uh, it's a beautiful record. Wonderful, wonderful songwriting. Very big, open, pretty, super harmonious. Um, tons of crazy layered vocals. I mean, it's a fucking Bad Religion record, of course. The guitar sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Well, and also, this is where Brian Baker, that's his first album that he's on with them. Yes. And he's one of my favorite guitar players ever. Um, Me too. Yeah. For sure. Fucking and that that open open string Dag Nasty shit. Yeah, he was in Dag Nasty, um, uh, Minor Threat. He was in Minor I mean, Threat. You know, he's like the, the OG, and he's a guitar nerd, so I'm sure... You know, Larry, you've probably gone down the rabbit hole with his shit like I have. Oh, like the the one guitar in one minute stuff he does on Instagram oh, and shit? Yeah. All and they're and, all, all of them are fucking juniors, every one of them. Well, also, too, though, what's cool about that? He's just like, yeah, like, all I need is one fucking P90 and, like, a Marshall, and I'm going to kill you with my tone. And, that's, and he does that. Um, what's cool about this album, though, too, is, like, I remember, like, I, like I said, uh, No Control is my favorite Bad Religion record, but... Sure. This one sounds better, obviously, but this is one of those albums where, like, I found I remember seeing the fucking punk rock song video on some because obviously, like in '96, I didn't see it, but like I saw it as a as a kid, like I was 12 or something, when I started playing guitar on some kind of fucking like they'd replay old shit on Fuse or I don't know one of those channels, and I was just like, it's a terrible looking video, but I was like, this is the sickest. Totally. Like I just thought they were so fucking cool because I love like all this other stuff we're gonna get to that's more commercially I guess or poppy or of the time. But I was just like these guys don't give a fuck. Like to me they're like a hardcore band. 
as at that age. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. So this is a cool album, though. It's a very, you, I mean, it's catchy, and like Larry said, the the vocal melodies are great. And like Chris brought up earlier, the harmonies make the whole fucking thing on top of those guitars. So, oh yeah, the uh, the melody work in the song "Cease," I think it's the last song on the record, is fucking bonkers. Yeah, it's sorry to go off on a rant, by the way. I just love this album. Yeah, no, me too. And it's we had the same one in the same spot. That's cool. Yeah. Um wonderful 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 fucking album um i could listen to it every day for the rest of my life and probably will this is a, <clears throat> another record i actually need to order i they, they repressed it on vinyl and i want to hear it on the turntable just because it's like they i know they remix everything now but like it still is done on tape and kind of has that weird kind of quality oh yeah i'm not like an audiophile or anything but i just like listening to those old records on there because you hear it's like warm sounding Totally. It's very full and rich and it's cool. It's easy to make high gain guitars sound like shit these days. <laughs> yeah, I do it all the time. <laughs> womp, womp. Um, so yeah, that's all my honorables and that's all everybody's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're on to number five. I might have to have some tequila. Um tequila. I'll skip because my number five was um oh fuck yeah, tequila. Tequila mill. Fucking throwback. That's tight. Uh, my number five is Leche Con Carne, 1995 Fat Records. No use for a name. Uh, we already did it, so I, I won't say a ton. It's just a great fucking record. A little okay. bit darker than what they were doing later in their career, but still an awesome, super melodic record. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, huh. I, f- I fucked up. Oh, yeah? Yep. What'd you do? Uh, well, I'm going to skip one. Okay. <laughs> I apparently okay. did have 10. Oh. I, I swear I deleted one. Oh. So, well, okay. okay. Well, Wait, I skipped one. Okay. Well, what was it? Uh, Less than Jake Heller rocked you. Oh. Oh, that's a, I, I'll just say this real quick. I love that album. I didn't put Less Than Jake on this list, but I actually probably could have had that album in my top. Like if I had to pick just a top 90s in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that record. I I also do. I'm a big fan of I'm so it's funny that I kind of missed out on punk in the 90s, but somehow I really really dug ska punk. Um so I I I'm actually I think for yeah, almost the rest of my list is ska. The <laughs> one the one song where it's like uh don't call me rich just call me george call me cheese that's who i am like, i want to i want to have a song where instead of blink where it's like get ready for action it's the clip of them like everyone to the bar <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking sick. great record okay sorry i, oh, excuse me. Talk I thought it was going to be way higher on your list no i got a, i got a few more uh, you oh, okay. know, what? so let's okay, yeah, let's not do too much with that one. But okay, my number five officially, and hopefully this is not uh, this. This is a big one. I hope this is the only one from here out that I don't think you could c- call a Sky album. Uh, and hopefully it's not on one of your lists. I hope not. I know what it is. You tell me then. It's let's talk about feelings. It is let's talk about feelings by Lagwagon. Wow, because that's my number five. Oh, sick, man. <laughs> Uh, I'm not kidding. That's, I, that is so I wanted awesome. to I wanted to put it on there and it would have been my number five, but I know that Chris loves that record, so I left it off. I yeah, I, I didn't I didn't know that believe, I, I do firmly believe that um May 16th is the greatest skate punk song ever written. I so not only do I love this album, but yes, May 16th is 
such a it's such a great song. It's such a sad song. It's such a beautiful song. God wrenchingly sad. It is it is so perfect. Um that even yes. if even if the rest of the album sucked, this Fuck still would I'm going out of the bottle. This still would be in my top five, probably. I, just I, because uh, of May 16th. I saw them play this record in full once. Did Fucking you? Right on. Yeah, it was awesome. Their guitar player is also six foot eight. Yeah, do you ever see when they play Alien Eight and he like Joey like plays his guitar while the dude's wearing it? Yeah, like the dude wears his guitar so low because he's so tall. <laughs> Joey Cape's just like this like little dude. He plays like a Les Paul standard. It looks like a fucking ukulele. <laughs> it really does. Um, he's so fucking huge, dude. That's that's how it was when I saw. Uh, that, this is a tangent, but that's how it was when I saw. Um, uh, Kill Switch. Oh yeah. Fucking, yeah, dude, Adam, Adam D like seven is foot. so giant <laughs> um, that his guys, guitar looked like a junior, and I was like, "Holy shit, man!" I didn't, I never he also, realized he was that big. He doesn't play big guitars though, either, for what it's worth. Um, I want to say something about Lagwagon again. Shorts, he wears but, little shorts. Yeah, but I gotta <laughs> say something about Adam D. I just found this out yesterday because I'm not in the loop ever. But uh, Data remembers reissuing for those who have heart, and it's getting a remix by Adam D. Ooh. Oh, that's and and I was just like, cool. I was like, well, you might as well end Stole Away now because that's pretty much all I wanted it to be <laughs> was for those who have heart. If Adam D recorded it, I'm pretty sure you've said that exactly before. <laughs> yeah, I tell people, um, and this is not the episode for this, but I can tell you exactly what I rip off, and you'll people will be like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> and Steve sounds like the guy from Blistered, so it just it doesn't sound like I'm ripping anybody off. Uh, Anyways, sorry for Blistered that. Blister fucking rules. No, that's right. Yeah, Blister does rule. Um, Lagwagon, though. So this record's, first of all, it's a great listen front to back. It really is. Yes. But they have this cool thing where, like I talked about this with Pennywise and No Use, they have the thrashiness, but it's more major key. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they do the Metallica thing, but in major, and the melodies are really great. So it, it has its own sound, and they have variety. Like they do that little fucking like, elevator music like fucking like almost spanish jazzy like break in the first song yep and then they have like they have the sound clips where they're fun but they don't overdo it i don't know it's just one of those records where you're just like damn like i wish i wrote this i really fucking wish i wrote that record yeah (laughs) great cover like iconic i'm so bummed i didn't get the skate deck with that on it yeah i really want that for Same sure. Cool. I have a, I actually almost wore a Lagwagon shirt for this, but the reason I didn't is because number one, this isn't a video for people to see. <laughs> and it wouldn't have came out good because it's I, the, they printed the shirt like shit. It's not poor quality, but it's black ink on a dark gray shirt. Who does that? Uh I did 900 shirts today of black ink on really dark navy blue shirts. But you didn't design that. <laughs> it sure didn't. I just printed it. They brought it out. I saw it. I'm like, I'm not. This is fucking dumb. I'm not doing this. And I did it. Gold foil or nothing. Gold foil or nothing. Okay. Anyways, Larry, yeah, what you uh, got for number five? Uh, that no use for a name album. That Millhead on oh. his honorables. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So we did talk about that already. We did. So we're on number four. Yeah, I guess so. Um, what do you okay. got? Uh, my number four, um, I'm going to go with uh, Voodoo Glow Skulls. Uh, no shit. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm going to pronounce this word wrong, but I think it's supposed to be fir- Firme. 
Okay. It's F I R M E, but I think that's in Spanish. Uh, it's ni- from 1995. Um, I so a, a guy I work with. Um, is he's probably the biggest voodoo glow skulls fan in the world. Um, and he has gotten me into them like big time. Um, voodoo glow skulls fucking rip, man. And I love this album. It's, it's what a cool name. It's fast. It's heavy, but the horns are on point And like, it's just, it's, you know, just it's, it's pretty much. So if, if Scott is just punk rock with horns, Voodoo Glow Skulls like lean more into that like skate punk side of punk. Yes, you know they're very fast and riffy, and I don't know, it's sick as hell. I love them. Very so. cool. That's that's a good ass call. Oh yeah, I love that. What do I got? Number four, nineteen ninety eight, Tooth and Nail Records, uh, Burnout by Sleek Shoes. I think Sleek Shoes. shoes. Yeah. Yep. Um, that makes sense. That like totally all the rest sense. of them, super fast, super technical, super riffy, super melodic. <laughs> <laughs> Slick shoes, though, they have like a quality to them where like they have those kind of big hooks. Oh yeah, are, they, they feel they 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 feel like not poppy, like not like a pop band, but they they feel a lot bigger than a lot of skate bands hooks. Oh, totally, totally. But uh, the the technical side of Slick Shoes is super fucking technical. Like the little tight rhythmic breaks and little like riffy things they do. Like it's it's very tight and for sure like almost mechanical sounding because of how much is going on. But for these sure. were like seventeen year old kids in the nineties who were just probably big metalheads who discovered MXPX a couple years before. So then they did that. With Shout how much tooth and nail, by the way, I was just going to say with how much, ever. with how much we've talked about slick shoes on this show, I should know this already. And you just, you kind of, uh, confirmed it, but they were, they were Christian originally. Oh right? yes. As, as Which, fuck. So in the nineties and early two thousands, Christian is hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> They wouldn't have been on tooth and nail That's otherwise. Such a but. funny, like, like verbal, like oh, they're Christian, <laughs> they're as, Christian hell. as hell. They fucking dude, dude. They had like the most overtly like they have a song called "Consistency" and the the chorus is like, "You shed your blood for me because I didn't deserve your grace and shit." Like that's like the legitimate chorus dude, of the song. That's, uh, <laughs> they, next year, I'm, I'm gonna. You gotta remind me. Uh, we have me and Steve have a dudes rock Easter playlist, and it's got like 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 silence the oppressors and nail dead risen. And shit like that on it. Oh, nailed dead. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So I'm like, I gotta put slick shoes on there. But it's a lot of like really Christ core heavy shit. Dude, there's a ton of it and it's all sick. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is like a lot of them, you're like, yeah, this is kind of lame, but also like they're outplaying everybody. That's <laughs> <laughs> true, man. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I got for number four slick shoes Burnout, Tooth and Nail Records, 1998. Nice. The, the, the most 90s punk rock album cover you've ever seen <laughs> well i think i'm next right yep. yes for number four mm-hmm. okay so this album came out on my fourth birthday <laughs> shit yeah <laughs> so so shout out a lot of albums that actually come out on my birthday which is weird this album came out the same day as pinkerton also um is oh. descendants everything sucks very cool. nice and now another band where the 80s stuff is kind of the prominent and then they kind of broke up and they did all which i i didn't have all on this list but i do love all sure but everything sucks is one of those albums where i found out about descendants because of all the other bands i was listening to like sure. oh, they all reference oh yeah we're descendants fans. so i went back and that was the first one i was able to get my hands on 
because it was more like modern, had more, you know, it was easier to get because this is before Spotify and all that shit. And it sounds great. I actually have this on vinyl sitting behind me. You probably can't see it, but there's a Descendants record. You, I can see it. It says Descendants yeah. at the top of that crate. <laughs> yeah, there's. I mean, there's crates and crates of vinyl, but that's in the front. Um, and it's just one of those albums where I like kind of think about songwriting more than like riffs and more than like just like you know just you like look at it like wow this is simple punk stuff but it's effective. They totally. have great melodies and they're very like honest without being too corny like descendants ride that line but they do it really well absolutely agreed 100 percent. that's a really good ass call for sure i got to see them a couple times too <clears throat> fucking goaded shit dude even like you watch bill stevenson play drums now and he's like a 65 year old fat guy and he's still <laughs> slamming he's He's an insanely technical drummer, and he's a legitimately an old fat man. And he, he wrote my favorite Senna song. Oh yeah, Clean Sheets. Oh, oh, fucking right on. Um, but uh, their documentary is amazing too. I recommend it if you haven't seen it. It is. It's amazing. So they're an incredible band. I I hate to do this. I hate to interrupt. I am going to have to jump off. Uh, I just got to notice that I left my grill running for the last two hours. Um, so I got to go take care of that <laughs> before I burn we'll my fucking house. We'll talk amongst ourselves. Uh, well, no, no, no. Don't wait for me. I, we're, we're down to number three, and you guys have a lot more to talk about than I do. So I'm just going to leave you with my top three, and then you guys can finish out here. Is that all right? That's fine, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I don't think you guys will have any of these, maybe. Uh, my number three, I'm going to go Goldfinger self-titled from 96. I can't Great record. talk punk or ska without talking about Goldfinger. I fucking love Goldfinger. Uh, my number two, 88 Fingers Louie, 88 Fingers Up Your Ass from 98. Great Fuck, record, um, yeah. Chicago band, uh, 88 Fingers Louie fucking rules. And then my number one, uh, Suicide Machines Destruction by Definition, 96. And I found out about that because of Brink. No shit. Yep. Oh, dude. Destruction by Definition. Um top tier fucking it is yeah. such a great album it holds up it is still still to this day holds up as a fucking great punk scott album uh it, it it's it it sounds innovative even today and it was from 96 so also i have that same simpsons game that's sitting behind you that doesn't <laughs> surprise me i did I, oh this one here yeah, I, I just saw that. I go, that's sitting in my living room right now. That's great. All right. Well, sorry I have to bail on y'all. Um, no, well, don't burn your house down. Yeah, I know. I hope I didn't cover anything you guys had on your list, but I doubt nope, it. Okay. You didn't. Well, uh, thanks, everybody. And uh, I'll talk to you guys later. I, and I'm going to, I can't wait to hear the rest of this episode. It'll probably go on for another hour at this point, right? <laughs> Depends on how much tequila I have. All right. Later, y'all. Go later, later, man. Chris. <laughs> Okay, well, fuck, the, there it goes. The rarest shit of like, hey, I have to bail because my fucking grill's on. Like, damn, dude, I'm sorry. That's Chris Plant, man, classic. All right, so we got a top three to round out, right? Yes. Okay, so before we get into this, I just want to say, when I did this list, my original idea, which I didn't really go with, was my honorables were going to be shit that maybe I like that nobody knows or hasn't heard, and then top yes. five are going to be like the the GOATs. I kind of just took the best 10 for the list because whatever. But these three I really think are probably my top three favorite, maybe, but probably the best. And they can go in any order you want them, specifically two of them. But this is kind of the triumvirate that pretty much taught me everything. So before we get into it, P, 
people might say, oh, I expected that or oh, I don't care, but that's what it is. That I did that with my top three. Like I didn't try to pick something cool. I just picked right. what I think is the most important fucking ones to me. Like I could, since you know that I have three left, you can, you can say which three bands they are by for fucking sure. All right. So mine, you want to hear my three bands you said? Yeah. Cause you like, you like, you can guess the three bands on my top three in one, in one try. I guarantee it. Well, my, I don't know what yours are for, I know two of them probably, but mine are the offspring green day and blink 182. Okay. Mine are green day, blink 182 and MXPX. Not that's in that I order. Fi- that's what but- I figured. I figured you're going to have MXPX instead of offspring. And we'll talk about why for sure. Okay. That's okay. It's a good call. Sure. So, um, I don't know how I want to list these because I have them as three, two, one, but I think my three will be the artist in your number one. Okay. So I shouldn't do it yet. So we can talk about it at the same time, but fuck it. Who gives a shit? Uh, number three, I have cargo records, 1997 dude ranch, blink One That's fair. That's not the record I picked. So we're good. Oh, cool. It's my that favorite. That's my favorite blink record, but it's not the one I picked for this episode. Sure. That's fair. Um, but it, it's amazing. It's perfect. It's well, no, it's not perfect because it fucking sounds bad. But yeah, well, that's a mixed problem. <laughs> but there's also at this point, I like I almost find it kind of charming. I am. I mean, if, if you whoever's listening to this, if they know me at all, they know Blink's my favorite band. Yes. I'm still mad that they never do like reissues of like remixes and stuff because they don't need to if any of the Jerry Finn stuff. But Dude Ranch with a remix would be insane. Yes, it would. Um, I just don't think that – and Mark Trombino is amazing. Uh, Drive like Jehu, obviously. But then he did a bunch of the Jimmy World shit. Sure. And I don't think that like super super fast skate punk is really Mark Trombino's wheelhouse. That's kind of the thing is Blink found um, uh, the Jimmy World record from ni- – what is the 96 one called? Uh, the one where they both sing on it. Static prevails. Static prevails. Thank you. Yeah, they're like, um, oh, we want a record to sound like this, but like, but your band doesn't sound like that. Well, I think the thing is, is like, they love that record, but they're like on tour with Lagwagon and Pennywise, right? So like, Tom's getting into like Mesa boogies, and he's got an X two N, and his like, he's playing metal tones, not really, but kinda, but pretty gainy, hot tones. Yeah, and with one guitar player, and they're fast ass songs, which is just them. And so Dude Ranch is kind of this weird hybrid, but it's extremely important for that the whole genre going forward. And there's some fucking awesome songs I wish they would still play. They only play Damn It. Yeah, I know. I've seen them play Josie before since the uh, in, on the 09 tour, I think they did. I've but, seen them play Josie. I've seen them play a handful of songs yeah, off this probably, record. You've probably seen them play like Pathetic and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um, but... They should still play Pathetic, and Apple Shampoo is my favorite song on the record. Apple Shampoo is probably like my second or third favorite Blink song. What's yeah, your favorite like, Blink song? It's toss-up between that and Going Away to College. I think oh. Going Away to College is a 90s emo song with good production, though. That's why I like it. That's fucking fair. <laughs> but it's hard oh, for me to pick. Speaking of like 90s emo that's not actually 90s emo... Did you hear the the knuckle puck cover of Losing a Whole Year? No, but I should go check it out. It's probably awesome. It's uh, it's. I'm not a big knuckle puck guy. Not that I don't like them. I just I don't really listen to them. No, like I'm not that crazy. Like I mean, they're fine. They're a good band. I just don't really care. Um, it's fucking 
sick. <laughs> but you know, but you know how I feel about Third Eye Blind, though. Right, right. Uh, I'll say this too, just while we're on the side note: the pop punk bands doing '90s alt covers is so cool. Like, I love the State Champs cover of Matchbox Twenty because that's my favorite Matchbox Twenty song, and I love that album. And and dude, they they fucking played it true as fuck to the yeah, song. Yeah, <laughs> it just sounds it just sounds slick. Like instead of Rob Thomas, who is an amazing voice in his own right. Um, they have that kind of smooth pop punk, but it's like really nice. It's like, oh, cool. Like I can enjoy both versions. Uh, and then I don't even listen to neck deep, but they did the fucking, they did torn, which Natalie and Brulia made popular, but she didn't even write it. That band from Australia did. I learned that torn was a cover like a year ago. Yeah. So she was like a soap opera star over there. And I guess she probably knew the song from that other band or somebody deep's cover of torn is like insanely good it's so good and i don't like i said i don't even listen to neck deep but i think the thing is when a lot of times i think about bands and i'm like is it the sound i don't like or the songs because sometimes there's bands where i think i don't like how they sound but then i hear them play other people's songs i'm like maybe i just don't like their songs (laughs) yeah that's true that's fair which is but anyway sorry dude ranch dude ranch uh amazing album sounds bad sounds thin but also it's from the 90s and it was mixed and engineered by a guy that does like emo records so i don't know what anyone expected it's I have like a, when, when jerry finn did the hit or miss mix and it fucking sucks yeah because he didn't know like he didn't know how to make them sound like mad ball yeah it's like yeah or whatever you, they're supposed to sound heavy and sorry you don't more do snap more snap case but you know what i mean sure like it's um, supposed to slam and it doesn't I have he, a he 19- made it sound like blank yeah and dude ranch is I, I it's just so weird for me to say like I got into Blink, obviously, way after Scott Rainer was out of the band. Not way, but, you know, a couple, two, three years, whatever. But um, Dude Ranch kind of became my favorite album by them. Not, I don't think it's their best album. I think it's very important. I think it's my favorite because of the charm of that era of the band and, like, them at that size, like, going to watch videos, the, the aesthetic of it. The actual songs are awesome. And I have a 97 OG copy of it on vinyl, like the grilled cheese cargo one. That's fucking cool. Um, I tracked down a long time ago, like before vinyl was like taking off. And now I'm, I don't know if it's worth much, but I'm sure it's not cheap. I'm so sure an OG pressing of dude ranch is probably worth a couple hundred bucks. I have that in Cheshire. Um, but that's the only bands that I'll like go that way. Although I didn't pay that. Like I didn't pay that much for them. I paid more for my fucking copy of, uh, uh, saves the day, which I should have put on this list. <laughs> Saves the day cool. um, th- through being cool was my number one for uh, 90s emo records. Yeah, I mean, that's like a fucking why? Why wouldn't it be? But it's also it's a punk record and it's a hardcore record. I just kind of had to reference it on this list. So it's, oh, it's sure. Fucking... Have you ever seen the footage of Saves the Day playing at This Is Hardcore? Yeah, it's insane. It's they fucking, play, they, like, kids were like head walking like while they were sound checking. They play like the first two albums and Chris Conley's got like a big ass windbreaker on. And you think fucking like. Like you think like Turnstile from their first EP is about to come out, right? Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. It's fucking. That's I'll come back on for a saves the day of. <laughs> that, saves the day other. is such a, a complex band. It with is so but, many layers, but their first three albums are amazing. Yeah, yes, they really are. So, um, I'm sorry. Did you have more on Dude Ranch before we? Uh, no, because because I, I could go on and on and on and on about it. There's no point of doing that. Um. It's an amazing record. It was super important to me. Um, it's how I discovered Blink-182. Um, because, like, when Dude Ranch came out, like, they, were, they weren't, they were like, they weren't 
blink big yet, but they were still big. They were on MTV a lot. Well, damn it, it was like a radio song. Yeah, right? Doug, I just I I heard of Blink 182 on MTV in 1997. Like they were a big MTV band. That's how I found yeah. out about them. Yeah, they just they just weren't like um as fucking big as Madonna yet or whatever the fuck. Right. It was <laughs> a year and a half later they will be. Uh exactly. Um okay, I'll get to my Blink one then later since we had a different one. Okay. Um, my number three, since I know you don't have this, is Offspring Smash from 94. I know I should like the Offspring more than I do. So this is the thing. I got into, when I got into guitar, like it was with Blink and Green Day and like some 41 and like, you know, all the shit that was going on at the time. Yeah. Obviously some of them are older, but my cousin, Kim, who introduced me to like Blink, she's a little bit older than me and she plays guitar and all this stuff. She's like, you got to check out this band, The Offspring. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And I can like learn the songs. Like they have like a heavy, not heavy sound, but they're darker, kind of kind of gritty. Yeah. But I can learn these. They're not like Metallica songs. Right. And that record to me is one of those where it was like one of the biggest selling independent records ever. Brett put it, it was on, on Nitro, right? Yeah. But I think Interscope distributed it or something weird like that. Yeah, that makes sense. It was something weird. But anyways, um, I was only like two when it came out, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but it's just one of those albums where I'm like, I know people think of the offspring and they think about a lot of their goofy songs, but you like listen to it and I'm like, they have a sense of humor on it, but they're just fucking like ripping. They're fast as hell. They're tight yeah, for fucking uh, sure. Nobody does that, uh, Phrygian mode shit. That sounds like the Egyptian surfer stuff. The way in punk rock, the way that like noodles does. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, and, I think that the reason I have this album in the top three is with just like the other two we're going to talk about. It's very important for this kind of music breaking through for the mainstream. This is post Nirvana, like post post Kurt Cobain, Nirvana killed off the hair metal. Everybody knows this shit, but like offspring, I don't think people realize how popular this record was. Offspring was huge. And they still play like Tinley and shit. They're playing Tinley, I think, like, next in, week or something. like, two weeks. They're coming with, like, actually, I need to try to go. <laughs> I want to go to that because it's Sum 41's last tour. I know. It's sad. And, and Simple, uh, Simple Plan is awesome live. I'm not going to lie. Simple Plan is awesome live. And Simple Plan, like, No Pads is a fucking record. Like, it's good oh, as yeah. fuck. And anytime I've seen Simple Plan live, too, they can play their corny shit, and I'm still into it live. I don't care. <laughs> no, Simple Plan is sick <laughs> yeah but uh yeah anyways offspring i don't have too much else to say about it it's just one of those albums where it really helped shape things going forward not just sonically but um like commercially like i think because they were on an indie label and people saw how big a, a punk skate punk pop punk band whatever you want to label them as was selling i think that opened the doors for other groups to to kind of break through and get an opportunity oh yeah i absolutely agree with that 100 so, percent that's kind of my, you know, end all be all there. Cause I, I don't know that it's like, I, I listen to it occasionally. So I really like it. It's not like my favorite album ever, but I think it's important to me. So. It's a very important album for sure. And when I think about like how big they were, it makes me think I should probably like the offspring more than I do. I think too, though, like uh, being a kid who was caught in between a weird era that I wanted to be more in the earlier stuff that was going on when I was in school. I kind of like the the dichotomy of it being punk rock but being a little darker. Sure. Just the attitude that it had kind of in the vibe because I was in between like the neon shit and whatever the fuck else was going on. Yeah. 
And I was like, yeah. I kind of just like want to skate and listen to this. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You can't really like skate to like cash cash or something. I mean, you could, but it'd probably be I super mean, you could lame. Be fucking lame. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I don't know because you could like. Them motherfuckers were wearing like super sky tops and Chad Musk is the goat. Like like zebra print. (laughs) It's just guys doing like fucking like tray flips over fun boxes listening to Cash Cash, but they're wearing like like fucking Zumba pants. (laughs) Like fucking like V-necks and vests. Oh my God. Yeah. uh, They're all playing fucking explorers that have like gold hardware and shit. That was a weird time. I had that CD, that Cash Cash CD with the zebra print and the pink. And I I put it on like, this kind of sucks. Like why did I buy this? Um, but no, like that era, you know, there's stuff that I like. I think the one Mayday Parade record's good. I like some old all time low, whatever. But like so- the songs, but the era just sucked. Like everybody it looked really like did. shit. Even it Tom really and a- Angels and Airwaves. Tom, he had the fucking like long, like weird hair. Oh, fucking like Percocet, Tom. Yeah, and he's like wearing fucking like long sleeves under his polos and brown pants, and you're like, are you like the anti neon Christ? Like, what is going on here? I saw him at Warp Tour one year, and he had like a bunch of like armbands and like like three belts and shit. I'm like, dude, you look like a lesbian in the army. (laughs) Like, (laughs) so insane. But he did, man. Like, it was crazy. (laughs) Shout out, lesbian Tom. And also, too, like, it doesn't help that, don't get me wrong, I love it. I, I fuck with Angels and Arrows, but, like, he's up there singing about, like, everything's magic and shit. <laughs> and you're For like, real. and, like, you're like, yo, respect, but, like, you, I can't take, like, now I look at him and he's got, like, his hat and his t-shirt, even in Angels. I'm like, all right, like, it's Tom. Like, we're cool. Right. But, yeah, that, that was a weird time. I think I was, there like, was a some- freshman in high school when they did that warp Tour, and I was like, what the hell is this? I think it was 08 Warp Tour, maybe? Maybe as a sophomore. Yeah, something like that. It was like it was like the second album. Like uh the one with the the painting of them that the guy that did like Back to the Future did. Uh I Empire. Yeah. So that's a good album. It is, but what a weird era. If it the the if the, the culture in punk rock is so weird that even fucking Tom DeLong is doing it, something's something's going on. Yeah, I don't fucking know. Weird. Time. Also, he was on a ton of drugs, though. That's like when he broke his back or whatever. Like at, like after that. Yeah. So. Okay, I mean, I'm sorry. No, you're I fine. I need to get us off track. Well, I mean, we were talking about Tom DeLonge the whole time. It's fine. <laughs> That's fucking valid. Um, what's my number two? Um, Tooth and Nail Records. Do, did, wait, what? did you three was Dude Ranch for you, right? Three was sure. Dude Ranch. Okay. Uh, okay, number good. two is uh, Tooth and Nail Records, 1996, Life in General by MXPX. I knew that was going to be in your, like, couple of tops. So mm. I, I like MXPX, obviously, not as much as you do. No one but, likes uh, MXPX as much as I do. No, no, I don't mean that in a bad way, though. I just mean, like, I knew you would have probably one of their... I thought that record would be it. Yeah, it's, uh, well, like, 16, 17 songs. It's a lot of songs. It's, uh... Definitely their fastest record, I think. A lot of crazy like timing and tempo changes that come out of nowhere. The songs it's got kind of complex. Well, they were really young when they put that record out, right? Um, they were nineteen, and it was their third full length. But that's still a young band. Yeah, totally. Like they they put out their first full length in ninety, like four or something, ninety three or ninety four, and they were um, I think like sixteen. And yeah. then in 95, they put out Teenage... No, it was it was 94, 95, 96. 
they put out three full-length albums each have like 18 19 songs on them i mean fucking was, insane yeah that was like kind of weird like not in a bad way but it's just like like damn. how do you how can you be in high school going to school write fucking 60 songs and then have an album out on a fucking label that's getting distributed nationwide i mean because it was the 90s and it was an option yeah yeah but they no but i think that what's what's important about mxpx too is like i think they helped open the door to a lot of people to that like genre um obviously you know we talked about this a little bit before with with green day the opposite of that is people were allowed to listen to them right at a younger age so if you're now i was lucky that my my parents were pretty cool about letting me listen to stuff mm-hmm. for the most part especially because like you know they i i didn't go around like shooting my mouth off at people when i was like you know eight and call, you know singing family reunion or whatever but <laughs> i was sick but i had a lot of friends who like you know they'd come over and be like oh, i want to hear like your m&m record or whatever because i can't listen to it and i was like oh damn okay so i get that with mxpx it's cool because like yo you can listen to this but it's, it's not just good music it's like cool you know what i mean it's not like whack totally. it's like a cool band and uh it's probably a good intro for guitar for a lot of people as well or oh, bass sure. or what, whatever instrument it's like because in 96 like they were they were getting really big in 96 like they were on mtv and like they were like they right. fucking toured with no doubt when they were touring tragic kingdom like they were a big band god that um, record's so good Oh my god! No one fucking mentioned it. <laughs> well, well, that's like its own thing because it's not. It's like punk. It's kind of ska. It's kind of a pop record. Totally, totally. It's it's its own thing. Um, so like, there's these kids watching MTV in like 1996, seeing a cool band, and then like like sheltered Christian kids, and their parents come back. Oh yeah, you can listen to this band. Like, yeah, and the okay. other thing too that's is like cool. 96 was kind of weird too because that was before all the boy band shit took off. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like weird shit where like there's some really great stuff, don't get me wrong. But then there's a lot of like weird R&B shit going on that's like kind of whack. You oh, know, sure, sure. and then you're kind of like, well, I don't really, you know, and you're if you're like fucking 12, 13, 14, 15, whatever, and you're like a skateboarder and you want to hang out with your friends. Like you don't want to listen to fucking like whatever, you know, Robbie Williams or whatever the fuck. <laughs> I might. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, true, true. But no, I mean, I was into all the pop music too, but I feel like a lot of people, especially at a young age, they, they don't have a, as wide of a palette. Uh, you kind of listen to what fits your personality. You also worry about people judging you. Totally. Um, for me i was like yo fuck it like put on some beyonce like i don't care but you know hell yeah that's also because like i just like music and don't give a shit but she was just in town and i heard it was amazing oh beyonce yeah i heard it was I'm incredible sh- i bet you she puts on like a, a kick-ass show but at the same time i feel like it's probably too long for me <laughs> yeah that's true like, like i would like i would want to watch her do like halftime at a sporting event uh-huh and that's it. Like, I don't want to watch it for three and a half hours. Well, like, like this is the thing. Like, I was at a, um, unfortunately, I was at a funeral a couple months ago. Uh, I was back in Pittsburgh. And I had a hell of a time getting my hotel room. I didn't want to just crash at family's house because it was kind of a hectic thing. Sure. And I'm like, why the fuck can't I get a hotel room? Well, I find out that fucking Taylor Swift's in town. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, fair. 
so it was insane. And then I fucking talked to some people I knew in Pittsburgh that went to the concert, and they were just like, it was at the Heinz Field where the fucking football or the Steelers play. So it's sixty five thousand in the seats plus whatever seats they could fit on the field and they go she played 44 fucking songs uh like i, I don't the, even know how to play 44 songs <laughs> well like there are some bands like i saw newfound the three nights but they split it up over three nights like imagine standing there while, and like also like taylor swift's like she's talented as hell but like there's some songs where i'm like i don't want to listen to this yeah so I'm I just like, that. so like to me, I'm kind of at that age where I'm like, yo, that's too fucking long. I'm sorry. I got, I'm glad you got your money's worth, but that's what I feel like Beyonce shows are probably like where they're amazing, but I'm also like, yo, I'm about to dip halfway through. Like, yeah, sorry. I don't, I don't care. Like I'm not, I'm not staying for this. Yeah. And I, again, I, it's even with blink, they keep it at 90 minutes and I, it's awesome. I always want more, but I feel like if they played two hours, I'd be like, okay. Well, maybe play, not. You played like seven songs that, because they would if they played two hours, they would pick seven more songs that you don't care about. That shows you how many popular songs they have for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah, because they don't even play all of their singles. They no, play most they, of them. They can't. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Like they have to switch them in and out. I think they were like switching them in and out throughout the rest of their tour after Chicago because that was like the second or third night. Yeah, like they added. Uh, they added violence to the set list. That's cool. And I was no, I was pissed because we didn't get it. Yeah, I saw them play. I think they played that in 09. I don't think they played it in eleven. Uh, they played it. They played it with Skiba once, and it was fucking weird. Yeah, because th- that doesn't work for him. Like I, I love Matt Skiba, but like, and I said this earlier. I said I'm sure there are younger kids younger than me because people keep getting into Blink. Yeah, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit on our list, but. It's also kind of like, yo, like, it's like how we feel about Graves' songs in The Misfits. And people are totally. like, what the fuck's wrong with you? That he's not Misfits, you know? And yeah, the songs are good. That's the thing. People don't, aren't attached, like, you and I aren't attached to fucking Glenn Danzig. At all. Like, like whatever. But, like, right. that's how people probably feel about California and Nine, whereas you and I have our own positive opinions too about him uh, yeah i like both of those records for sure but, but you're you used to have a, your aim was like i wish i was tom DeLong. my my aim name for in 2000 was i wish i was tom DeLong. like so that's <laughs> just true kinda, that's shit. what yeah that's what that fucking says anyways i'm sorry to get so off topic are we on number two we are on or do number you got two. more do you got more mxpx you want to talk about um it's a great record um it was it launched them almost like, like kind of is what launched them out of like the Christian market into just like the, the general market. And yeah. they started like playing warp tour and they were on warp tour every fucking year for like a really long time. Also, um, I just want to say too, they actually are a band that I keep liking their new stuff. Uh, they, they released a song. What last week? Uh, I do not like it. But they are putting out an album this year. I'm sure it'll be good. But generally uh, speaking, over the last like decade, oh you know, sure, they have, yeah, they, they've released a couple of. They have a lot of really cool songs on their more recent records for their, sure. Their their two cover albums are cool too. They have cool like the songs they picked are really fucking cool. Yeah, that's true. And he's a fucking insane bass player, Mike. Yeah, he's he's, he's so nuts. fucking good. He's so goddamn good. Their drummer's insane too. Yeah, they're they're, they're a great a fucking good, band. They're a good band. They are my absolute favorite band of all time. Um, 
I don't know. Well, d- 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 there is a reason it's not my number one, but it doesn't matter. Uh, they're wonderful, and I love them more than most shit. Was that your number two? That was my number two. Well, my number two is probably your number one. Okay. So should we talk about that? Yeah, sure, we can. Okay, so, and this can really flip the order. I'm not being picky about this, but I had Green Day's Dookie at number two. Oh, not- no, that's not my number one. Okay, perfect. Cool. You don't have Dookie on your list? No. Okay, you just, okay. I figured because well, you- I, I knew one of you was going to have it. Okay, and I picked this because of importance. Sure, I picked the and- other one because it's my favorite Green Day record. That's fine. I mean, the thing is, too, about Green Day is they have a bunch of great records you can put here. Oh, yeah. They they released four albums in the 90s, and they're all fucking awesome. And, and I'm not saying that this album is less important than the number one, but I'll, I I have a – I really thought hard about this, okay? But sure. I think du- Dookie is um, the gateway. Like, they opened the floodgates for everybody, for the fans, for the bands in the market at the time. Yeah. Oh, for, yeah, for everything. For, for people to learn how to play guitar – for the radio, for MTV, for record labels. I mean, the whole thing is just fucking bonkers. Yes. Um, the album itself, I love, but I think a lot of people don't realize, like, Green Day has a lot of, like, rootsy, like, not old school, but, like, folky, like, Americana in them with the guitar and shit, like Billy Joe does. Oh, just really, like, traditional chord pattern songwriting. Absolutely. Yeah, like, like I don't... I don't say this in a modern way, but I almost mean like 60s country. Yeah, totally. But not they're not a country band, but I just mean like that's kind of like a foundation. Yeah, so, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I, lo- I love that about them. And I feel like in older Green Day, you can really hear the blend of that with the fast Gilman Street type shit. Totally, totally. You, can. you know, because obviously Billy Joe was influenced by a lot of the bands they were going to see and play with. So I put this, I, I picked Dookie because it's the first one to really knock down. Obviously, they have like Kerplunk and all that shit before. But like, this is the one that like opened the floodgates for everybody. And I remember like I got into Green Day. They already had a bunch of albums out after this. Yeah. So I like worked my way back and I was just like, oh, like this is the best. Like, what the fuck? This is amazing. I like obviously some of the other ones. Maybe I do like more. It's hard to say. Sure. Like there's all the '90s shit's insane. All the albums they put out in the '90s are all great, and they're all different. Yeah, but you could literally hand somebody who's never heard Green Day like super hits, and be like, "Yo, start here," and they'll be. And, and then that person's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I know every one of these songs already." Pretty much. They're another oh. band who probably has to play all singles. Yeah, for real. For real, they have so fucking many. And the thing, the thing about Green Day, which differentiates them from the album I'll put at number one, is they've consistently been a band. Yep, same dudes, same dudes, no breakups really. They've had some breaks in like album cycles, but like they still toured. Yeah, they've they've just consistently been to. Like they did. Trey Cole's not their original drummer, but he's been their drummer since I think like what ninety one, like real early. Yeah, and, and and the thing about Green Day too, which I'm sure we'll get into when you talk about the album you're going to bring up, is they're one of those bands who like not just in the style of the music, but like they have their kind of jokey like humor stuff. But it's not like joke songs, but they're they're fun, they're playful. Yeah, they have their kind of like innocent like stuff. They have their more political stuff. They have their kind of like um, teenage angsty, all kind of different stuff. And so you can kind of like grow with them in any order you want to. Totally. So it's like a good mix because a lot of these bands that we talked about, 
and I'm okay with this because like I, I like bands just kind of being themselves and I don't care if they're going to be political or if they're going to be funny as long as they're a good band, whatever. But yeah. but like Green Day has a little bit of something for everybody. So it's just kind of one of those things that it's like, hey, start here and find what you like. There's going to be something. I get that for 100%. Because I don't give a fuck what a band, if a band has good songs, I don't give a fuck what they're singing about. Two of the bands on my list are have like the most fucking violently Christian lyrics in the world. But I love the fucking song, so I don't care. Like yeah, I don't care like, what a band's singing about, unless I mean, unless they're singing about like hateful, horrible shit. I'm not gonna right, do right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Not, but like generally speaking, a lot of I hate to say it, like this, people are getting mad. A lot of the political topics that the punk bands talk about are kind of surface level. That's very true. Like it's not like you know, like <laughs> if people get offended by like what they're saying, it's like, dude, like you're gonna hear this shit on TV, so who cares? <laughs> Not say I'm not insulting what they're saying. I just mean like it's not like they're attacking anybody, right? Yeah, that's so. very very true. That's yeah. very true. Like you can listen to American Idiot and just enjoy it, no matter what you think. It's a good album. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is a great album. So it's sorry, great, but I just and it's it sounds ridiculously good. That album, I remember I got it when it came out because I was playing guitar then. Mm-hmm. And just being like, yo, this is fucking insane. I'm going to learn this whole thing. And then I got to Jesus of Suburbia. It's like the second song. I'm like, this is too goddamn long. It's like 12 songs. I know. And, and I'm like, one it's... of them's a Johnny Cash song. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> all right. Sorry. It's all right. Uh, well, my number one is Insomniac. Fucking amazing album. Because it's, sure. it's my favorite Green Day album. Uh, I'll it came out that. like a year after Dookie. Shout um, out Insomniac. Absolutely. Um, it's a beautiful record. Um, the songs are insanely good. It's <laughs> um it's not a really a massive departure from Dookie, really. They're very similar records. It sounds a lot better. Um it there's a lot more aggression on this record for fucking sure. Like um j- like songs like Jaded and stuff. Um also, uh, the four-year strong cover of Brain Stew is so fucking heavy. It's crazy heavy. Um, it's really from, good. There's a really cool uh, Straight from the Path covered um, Burnout. Seriously? It's sick, yeah. I've never heard it. That's fucking, that's rad. I don't think it's on Spotify, but I think it's on YouTube. I'm gonna, I have to hear that. They did that and something off of Evil Empire by Rage Machine. Rare, I know. Still uh, sick. But oh very sick. But uh it's cool hearing like a band like that do Green Day because it shows you how important they are, like across right. the scope of like uh what I'll say is just independent music. Sure. Like, yeah, like Stray's fucking heavy as fuck, and these dudes these dudes are like, oh, let's fucking cover Green Day. Like and, um, and the other thing is too, is Stray is one of the most political bands, and they picked Burnout. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. cool. That's a cool dichotomy, you know? Yeah, that is really cool. And like fucking like Stu uh, Stu Ross is like he's in Misery Signals. He's in Comeback Kid. He's like th- this heavy fucking music dude. And he and he, loves. he likes Green Day more than I like anything. And Blink. He like dude. You know what's cool about Stu is every time I find like a bootleg, uh, like a punk rock bootleg shirt, like guy on Instagram or whatever, it's, it's always, always like followed. Him. No, it's always followed by Stu Ross. Do you follow his Green Day shirts account? I think I do. He has a bunch of the Blink shirts I have, too. He just funny. has an account. Like, the account's just called Green Day Shirts. And but his, he has... His, yeah, he has a bunch of OG like, ones. Like, collection of just vintage Green Day merch. It's fucking sick. Stu Ross is kind of, like, one of those guys who... I think I kind of became this 
in a modern era where a lot of other people did as well. But he's like the OG of like, I'm a punk rock kid, but I got sucked into playing heavy music, which he's good at and likes, but he's like, but I just want to listen to fucking Green Day. <laughs> yeah. Stu Ross is like the Dave Grohl of the metalcore war- world. There's a fucking shirt somebody was wearing. I forget who, somebody in Mystics. And it was just like, it just said Stu Ross and a picture of him. I was like, I need that. I would for sure fucking um, wear that. He's the uh, coolest fucking dude in the world. Quick story, side tangent, and then I have a Green Day question for you. Okay. So, like, a year ago, a year and a half ago, like, last summer, it was, like, literally I got off of work, and I had just enough time, and I was like, Steve, let's go see Ms. Sigs, because they were playing at Bottom Lounge. Sure. And I literally had to haul ass, because I was working that day, and they played with Comeback Kid and End. But Holy the, shit, what a show. It was amazing. But the so end obviously opened. But sure. then it was Mizzigs and Comeback Kid. Because I think Comeback Kid was touring that new album, which was really good. Yeah, Another band where good. all their albums are like the same, but fucking Will Putney did the new one, so it sounds the best. It, it, it's the hottest mix ever. It's Dude, the loudest <laughs> album in the world. That opening song when they have the everything cut out but the guitar and he's playing that like dun, 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 dun. it's yeah. like fucking in your ear like you're getting your head knocked off. It's but so loud. <laughs> anyways, this is the most insane shit. I've seen this at local shows where it's not a big deal. Fucking Stu Ross goes up and plays a Mizzig set flawlessly which is, they're hard songs, they're long you yeah. know, whatever. Gets right back up and does the comeback kid set because he's in both bands. Yeah, and comeback kid, he's just playing like these melodic ass beater songs, throwing the fuck down. And I'm just sitting there like Steve. He's like, what? And I'm like, I think Stu Ross is God. <laughs> and he's like 40 years old doing this. Yeah, but the thing is, I was just like, that's so impressive. Now, obviously, like there's people who probably don't give a fuck because they don't understand the context of that. No, fuck that. If I if someone's like, hey, do you want to play a set anywhere? It's 40 minutes. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> it would be like me playing like, well, I've done it before. But like I used to play set sale sets and fast food kit sets on the same night. And it was a similar thing, but not as hard and not as long. Sure. And at that time where you were like 19. Probably younger. Yeah, 18, 17. Yeah. Yeah, and like physically, like, I mean, you can bounce back from that. Oh, yeah. Probably pretty easily. He's fucking old as hell he's not old as hell but he's older than me dude we played with hawthorne heights one time and it was Sick. like my fucking metalcore band that we all thought was serious and was gonna get huge and then and we sounded like fucking like uh kind of like for the fallen dreams or something i don't know but, but not as like slow we were faster and then like we my my pop punk band was just like newfound glory set your goals like sure. mosh, it was like moshy like we covered my friends over you and shit and we played that in the same night. Then fucking Oceans did their record release set for their full leg. And then fucking Hawthorne Heights played at like one in the morning. That sucks for them. I Well, no, they played in South Bend that earlier. They double booked. Oh, geez. It was crazy. Yeah, and they sold out. There was like 500 kids in a bowling alley. It was yeah, so dumb. Cool. I don't know why that came to mind. Anyways, uh, sick? <laughs> Stu Ross. But I have a Green Day question for you. Okay, what's, what's the first Green Day record that you got into and like bought or whatever? Like, doesn't matter which which of those, but like when you um, got into them. I remember I saw the When I Come Around music video on MTV early one morning when I was a kid. And we went to the library and they didn't have it. But they had Kerplunk. And I'm like, oh, this is Green Day. I'm going to get this one. Okay. So I got that one. And then Jason, who plays guitar in Chris's death metal band, 
he i grew up like three houses down from him and we would always hang out and listen to music and blah 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 he got it so he dubbed a, a copy a of tape his yeah a tape for me as you used to do back in the day right we told we did that all the fucking time um so he got it so he dubbed me that so i had kerplunk and insomniac not insomniac i had kerplunk and dookie at the same time in 1994 and i kind of just like consumed so much of it all at once and i was just like all of this constantly all the time forever and ever and it just i had these two fucking green day albums uh, it's so cool because you were the age that you got into green day that's how old i was when i found blink the the parallel between my connection to green day and your connection to blink is exactly the same just because there's a five-year window it is really weird isn't it it's crazy like like, like almost five years to the day because yeah because of our age and then dookie's 94 and enema's 99 and that's when we mm-hmm. got into so it. we were both what seven years old or whatever yeah and we find this and we're like what what is this i want to do everything in my life because of this well the funny thing is like i grew up in a house where there's always music sure like my parents had like a big like in the 90s you had not just jam boxes all over the place but like a big stereo so it was like dual cassette a uh, record player on top, turntable, and then like maybe one CD if you're lucky, because this is in the night. I think we mostly just had tapes when I was growing sure, up. Sure, sure. Um, and so like my parents always buy me music, like they're cool about it. But um, my cousin's older than me. A lot of my neighbors who I hung out with were older than me, and they had older siblings. So I watched like fucking TRL, and I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Hell but, yeah. But you know, you you see like. I, I was into all the pop shit, but I'm like, you see these guys, you see Blink, Green Day, Foo Fighters used to be on back in the day a lot. Oh, yeah. Corn and Limp Bizkit, Linkin Park, all that shit. And you see guys playing guitars, you're like, yo, they're fucking cool. Like, I want to do that. Absolutely. So I just wanted to ask because I'm like, I was putting it together in my head and I'm like, we're probably in a similar window. Yeah, totally. So that was your one. Yeah, my number one is Insomniac. For sure. So my, mine is Enema of the State. Um, it should be for a couple of reasons. Number one, I don't think that you could tell me Dookie's more important or better, and I'm not going to argue it. I think that there's uh they're they're equally important, they're, and, they're, and they did they did the same thing just five kinda, years apart. They're kind of parallels. They're absolutely parallels. Um, I think for me, Enema of the State's interesting because obviously I know that album like the fucking back of my hand, but right. Um, you know, and for me personally, it got me into playing guitar, got me into music, whatever. But the thing in a broader scale is like Blink. It's so interesting because they they had such a fucking hot run for a short period of time, and then they broke up, and they get back together, and then it's kind of like everyone's into it, but it wasn't as good, and then Tom leaves. And then they do shit with another guy, and then they're done in Tom's like, and now it's they're like the biggest they've ever been. Yeah. And I think it shows you that like that era of like Enema Jacket and even self-titled and Dude Ranch to an extent are people not are just attached to with nostalgia, but kids keep getting into it. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So for me, I think that this just like shows the importance of the band. Whereas like I think a band like Green Day, the same thing happens. It's just that I think probably younger kids are probably listening to their newer stuff. Sure, and that's like, fine. I'm sure There's, they know the hits. Yeah. But, like, also... Green too, Day's like, put out a handful of records that I've never even listened to. Right. I mean, they just... They, they have so much material. But the thing, too, about Green Day is, like... Um, I don't even want to say it's a maturity thing, but I think that they have this different level where, like, he's singing about getting stoned and shit. 
Yeah. Where it's like, it's not like Blink wasn't doing that, but they're singing about like, like fairly innocent stuff that are in their non-joke songs that you like relate to as a younger kid. Yeah. Th- there's songs that aren't like satirical songs aren't at all brash. And there is a lot of innocence there. There's songs that are satirical songs are terribly not innocent. <laughs> right. Um, but like, um, like going away to college hot. is a very innocent song. Yeah, I mean, Blink's like very hot and cold, and then you have the Adam songs, and those those are up the middle where they're actually serious. But, sure. Um, so yeah, and for me again, that album is just one where I, I could still listen to it front to back. I know it really well. I I don't burn myself out on it these days, but that was the first record I learned how to play front to back. I mean, I fucking. I riffed on it today. I was making a video and I was like, oh, I'm just going to bust out some anima. Like, whatever. That sounds really bad and con- out of context. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, that record to me is like, again, as I get older, and it's not even an age thing, as I, as I have been around longer and can discover more and more music, there's stuff that comes and goes and stuff that sticks, but that's stuck with me like the longest. It's like my home base. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So that's kind of where I, where I, why I want to put that there. And I think just like I said about Dookie, it introduced a lot of fucking kids to guitar and drums and bass and whatever. And it also broke down more doors for more, you know, look at what happened in the early two thousands with bands getting signed, like some and simple plan and good Charlotte. And obviously newfound glory is like one of our collective favorites. Yeah, absolutely. So that's just kind of my two cents on that. What song on Enema do you think should have been a single that wasn't? <laughs> Fucking all of them. No. Uh, good question. Um, so I have to put my head like in that era. Sure. Sure. Because, yeah. Because it's a different time, right? Um, they probably could have ran one or two more singles. They Because it only had three singles. Right. And those, th- those three singles, all of them did crazy well. Here's the thing. Not probably my least favorite song on the album, but I'm surprised they didn't do Don't Leave Me because they seem to love that song. They've played that song on every tour since that album. I know. And like, I don't hate the song by any means, but I mean, I think there's a lot of other better ones. Um, but it's interesting. Like, I think Mutt wasn't really a single, but it's an American Pie. It's like a soundtrack It's, a, it's song. on a soundtrack, so it has a life outside of the album. Right. It was done before the record. They wrote it with Scott. Yeah, um, true. Dude Ranch got re- or not Dude Ranch, fucking Dumpweed got released as a single uh, with the live version, I think. It wasn't like an actual single, it was like a promo single. Yeah, I think it was. M- remember how they used to do those like single disc shit? Yeah. Um I honestly I think, I think Wendy Clear could have been a single. I think Wendy Clear could have been a single. Going away to college is kind of like I feel some way about it, but I know it's hard to, you know. No, mo- most people feel that way about it. Like, but, it's a great song. But, like, the thing is, I talk about in that era. Nowadays, like, Aliens Exist is one of them. I mean, I, that was my favorite song growing up. But, like, that's one of their most popular, you know, non-single True. songs. But, again, like, can you introduce them to the public like that? I think they knocked it out of the park with the singles they picked. Yeah, true. But, yeah, Wendy Clear. I don't know. I I remember when we did the deep dive on uh, on Jacket, I said that. Uh, reckless abandon is the aliens exist of mm-hmm. take off your pants and jacket and i still firmly believe that maybe because like it's maybe not a more single, but everybody knows it it's like yeah, one of those yeah they they always play reckless abandon live and people always go off for it 
I was going to say, this is what I'll say. Uh, I'm going to answer your question in a kind of weird way. Okay. The the fourth single came out, but it should have been on the album, and that's Man Overboard. Why was Man Overboard a fucking B-side? Um, because Jerry Finn didn't want it to be on the album, and Mark and Tom have said that's the only mistake Jerry Finn ever made. I don't want to ever say that Jerry Finn did something wrong because he's perfect. Well, and it didn't hurt him. It still came out. Yeah, it, st- it still did come out as a single. But is there a song you would cut from Enema and replace it with um, uh, Man Overboard? Yeah, probably Don't Leave Me. No, but not in that slot. Um, I don't know. I mean, honestly, like, it's hard to say. It wouldn't have hurt them to put 13 songs on that. No, like that's a, that's like the shortest Blink album. But also, they recorded more that that people don't know. The uh, the first fucking thing they ever released with Travis was the family reunion promo. Mm-hmm. And I know that that was in that session. And I know they had that one song, "Life So Boring." The instrumental never, one. Yeah, they never wrote lyrics to because they just didn't get to it. Yeah. So I want to know what they recorded. They recorded probably at least fourteen or fifteen songs. Those will surface someday. Also, um, I know I started getting pictures. <laughs> I'll have to send them to you. I started finding pictures of Tom's gear set up for the record, which is really hard to find. The new record? No, for oh. Anima. Oh, 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 shit. And uh, I don't think there is a new record. I think there is. They, they released a single uh, fucking almost a year ago. Yeah, but Travis said it was going to come out in October before the tour, and they said the same thing the other day. I don't know. I think that they let the tour go. I, I think that the, the plan was let's do this tour and get all the hype so people are so excited to buy it. They did the Strat. They did the new tour. They did all this fucking merch. Oh, so I, like I, it's- I got the license plate frame, too. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not going to put cool. it in the car, though. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think it's coming out cause I think that they're going to the, blink, uh, whatever nine or California, one of them was like number one when it debuted, this one's going to blow everything out. Cause Tom's on it. I just, I want something like, there's got to like, give me something. I like you, you gave me a subpar song a year ago. I like that song, especially live. But, I hate um, that song. I don't hate that song. Um, but I just I want another one so bad to the point where I'm like, man, fuck this song. I get you. I mean, I know people are anxious. To me, I'm kind of like with Blink. I I'm kind of not like saying I don't want them to put out more, but I'm kind of like good with where they're at. And the more that comes out to me, as long as it's good, it's a bonus. Um, and it'll be good. Yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, stop. Blink always grows on me too. Like now, I love neighborhoods. <laughs> I like neighborhoods a lot more than I used to. Yeah, but what I was gonna say about the um. You asked me, oh, about the gear. Jerry Finn had a Marshall built for him that was modeled after the one they used on Dookie, the white one. Yeah. That cab is on Enema. I believe that. It's blended with two other, for the distorted tones, it's a um, Tom's Mesa cab that's in like that weird, it's like snakeskin or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The white Marshall that's supposed to be exactly like the Dookie cab and then another, Mar- like a regular Marshall cab. And then the cleans are these two Fender combos. Well, I wonder where that white Marshall cab is now. Well, it was probably in his estate sale, so somebody has it. There's a head that goes with the two. It's, it's literally an exact copy of what Billy Joe used on Dookie. That should be in the Punk Rock Museum. There's a lot of shit that should be. In it the punk might rock be museum. actually. I 
problem is when he died, he was like what in his mid to late thirties. He was young as fuck. Yeah. And I mean, he, my dad had what he had and lived somehow. Oh word. Um, and it's, and he was about the same age to his thirties. And like, uh, I, I just don't understand. Like that's, it's so insane. But what I was going to say is, uh, People, I don't think a lot of people knew what he had. Like, the people selling it, I don't think they knew what it was. That fucking sucks. Because you know where it is now, probably? In, like, some random dude's, like, garage, and no one knows what it is. Well, a lot of his stuff was high-end, though. Like, they did, he, I mean, I know a lot of his guitars sold for, like, five grand plus because they were, like, custom shops. Yeah. Man, fuck, I want that fucking cab so bad. The tellies he had were cool, like the Telly Juniors, the not P90s. But I will just say this. Um, as far as Jerry Finn stuff goes, the one thing I want are his, like, Bibles, where he had all the notes on all the albums that he did. Yes. With all the, like, not that it matters. You're never going to recreate something because of time, space, tape, room, mic placement, all that. You know, yeah, you already so, know There's that. so many things. but The variables are what makes it special. You'll never recreate it. But I just want to know. Right. I just want to know what he did. Cause it's fucking fun. You know how I always try to recreate tones and I, I think I get in the ballpark for using helix. Sure. But like also people don't realize like it's in the context of a mix and Jerry Finn knew how to EQ and compress better than anybody. He did. So sorry and to like, get off on a fan. And I like how he did his tones. Like he dialed the tone. So it was the tone that you played to. So like, they're like right. this is, hey, this is what the record's going to fucking sound like. Yeah, you're going to react. You're going to play, because you play guitar players. I mean, you know this. You play, you react to what you're hearing. Yeah, totally. So like, it's not like when I fucking have to do a fucking um, reamp or whatever. Yeah. That's why I'm trying to not get away from that, but try to split the signal. So I'm as close as possible with the first one. Right, which is almost like it's a good thing and a bad thing, because when you're recording with a plug-in and you can change the tone however you want at any time, you're almost like losing that inspiration out of the performance because you like the tone so much. Dude, I know. That's why I'm at this weird point where I find something I like and I'm like, that's fine. Mix it later. Yeah, totally. All my new shit, solo shit's plug-ins. Yeah, for sure. Every and, every album released in the last ten years is plugins. Well, the guy is producing all this stuff. He's just like, we have all these between us. We have all kind of gear, and I'm just like, ah, this fucking uh, what is oh, what the fuck is the brand? Um, the one that Will Putney has a suite with STL. Yeah, I used STL stuff on all of it, and I'm just like, that sounds good. Keep it. I love STL stuff. No, it sounds I got awesome. a couple of STL plugins, and they're insane. Yeah, it sounds awesome. So be, point being, uh, I'll just put a bow in the enema thing is, again, it sounds really bad out of context. Um, put a bow in the enema. <laughs> uh, that fucking record rules. It's uh, a classic, and it's cool as fuck to see people that, like, when you go to the shows or you talk to people, there's people who are, like, my parents' age. My mom went to – I mean, my mom liked it. My mom had a great time with it. That's playing. so rad. And then, like – there's kids like my cousins who are like in grade school and middle school. And they're like, yo, this is really cool. And they know like all these nineties bands. I'm like, it's uh, really cool to see that the music that people didn't think would be commercial holds more weight than a lot of the pop shit at the time. Yeah. Shows you what real people writing their own music uh, can translate to. That's very, very true. Which is probably a a good point of this whole nineties punk thing. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's cool as hell. So that's Tequila Mills fucking uh, like, you know, statement about the whole thing. I don't know. Tequila my, Mills. My, my philosophy. There was one episode that you introduced yourself as Key Lime Mill. <laughs> oh, I was probably drinking those Key Lime um, like LaCroix with I the think tequila. You they, so like Key Lime's weird. It's not lime at all it's just like it, it it's not a type of lime it's like a totally different fruit it's just like creamy and green <laughs> whatever but the 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 seltzer tastes great with tequila <laughs> i have a grapefruit i have a grapefruit one right now polar dude polar i fuck with polars man polar, polars are like my favorite um but some of the flavors are hard to find like they have an orange like an orange vanilla one that kicks ass Oh, dude, there's a there's a orange or a marshmallow orange Celsius that oh, I yeah. I fucking should not drink as many of them as I do. But like, if I stop at the gas station on my way to work or something, I'll get fucking two and slam them on my way to work. I pretty much between like seven forty or between like six forty five and like before nine o'clock, I have an energy drink. Some point when I wake up, and then nine to ten, I have the second one, and I'm, you know. Uh. Or or if, if I, uh, or if I can get an americano, just depends on the day. Yeah, true. If somebody goes into town and they're getting Starbucks, I'm like, fucking take my card and get me like a ten shot, motherfucker, like right now. <laughs> I haven't had a Starbucks americano in a little while. Me either. I haven't been going to get coffee because there's no Starbucks where I work or live. Do I and pass a Starbucks? I passed the one Starbucks that's right by work, but yeah. by that point. I'm almost there, so I had already stopped for something. Yeah, for me, there's a Dunkin' and Dunkin' blows compared to Starbucks. Dunkin' does suck more, but Dunkin's rewards on their app are infinitely better. That's true. I also think, though, too, Dunkin's food sucks. Yeah, it does. And, and like, I can get a breakfast sandwich or some bullshit at Starbucks. I don't do it often, but when I do, I'm like, oh, this is fine. Yeah, for sure. I can be. I can eat. I can eat a Starbucks breakfast sandwich. Would be cool with it. Like if I was traveling and there's a Starbucks and I'm like, oh, I need a bread. You know, whatever. But like Dunkin', like I don't know, it tastes bad. (laughs) I had a a Dunkin' breakfast sandwich literally today. How was it? (laughs) Fine. It was fine. Well, it was whatever. Probably not worth the price. No, because it was like six bucks or something. Like I got a cold brew and like a like a sausage and cheese on a bagel, and. Mm. It was like $13. <laughs> oh my God. That's insane. Duncan's yeah. supposed to be like four bucks every time for everything. Yeah, that's what I did. That was their thing. The appeal to Duncan is literally like, well, it's not as good as Starbucks, but it's cheaper. And now that no longer applies. Fuck, I need to eat something. For dinner, I had um I had raisin bran crunch with chocolate almond milk because I didn't feel like cooking. I have some frozen <laughs> pizza sitting here that I still haven't eaten. Oh, I, I do got some frozen pizza, but it's also, I, it's what, 1030? I'm not fucking cooking nothing tonight. Yeah, I worked my ass off, and then I got to go to bed and get up early again. But I just, today was one of those days where I was stoked on the podcast. But then in my weird, I didn't even really have downtime between between this and, and work. I had shit I was doing with my parents, but I was like, I got to get this list done. Fuck. Uh, I revised my list probably 15 times. I didn't even <laughs> revise mine. I made a giant list, and then I was cutting and pasting them in order. I do that same shit almost every time because I was like, I don't fucking know. 
And then I was just like, am I forgetting something because I listen to so much of this type of music, you know? Right. And then what applies, like when I first started, I was like writing down emo bands. I'm like, they already did this fucking episode. Nobody mentioned Rancid. I was going to, but I, okay. So this is funny. I was going to, when Chris was talking about ska. Sure. But Chris, um, I didn't know if either of you guys had Rancid. I was going to, cause, uh, out came the wolves on my like sub honorable mentions. Sure. Sure. But Rancid to me is a great like example of their kind of bridge the gap between punk and ska. Totally. But they are more in that roots of ska, like the reggae and like the, I don't know. They're weird. Like Rancid's like from California and it sounds like they're from New York. I thought Rancid was from New York. Aren't they from California? I don't know. What the I don't. Fuck? Um, Rancid. I like Rancid. Um, I respect Rancid a lot. Uh, I also think that Rancid is violently overrated. They're for sure from Berkeley, California. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Gilman, like Op yeah. Ivy. Duh. Yeah. yeah. Duh! Holy yeah. shit! That's what I was saying. I'm like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure. But then again, but like, they do t- sound like they're from New York, and they well, look fuck. like they're from New York, and they talk like they're from New York. And then Tim Armstrong did the transplants, and they sound like they're from fucking New York. Yeah, true. He's just like the OG. Like, yo, like when Sopranos came out, he was so stoked. I always forget about the transplants. Yeah, they're kind of. I feel weird. like I should revisit that album. There's two of them. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, they're, like, fine. I don't really care that much, to be honest. I When I got it, I was like, oh, I love Travis because I love Blink and uh, this the dude from Rancid, and I listened to it, and I'm like, this is, like, songs I'd hear on a video game that I'm playing. And I'm like, oh, this is fine, whatever. It's like when you, you scan the fake radio stations in GTA. Yeah, pretty much. It's like one of those. But uh, Rancid is cool. Um, I get what you're saying. I think you and I are both... Uh, in the same boat where we care more about like mm. skate punk and aggressive totally. like stuff or m- very melodic where rancid has a cool dynamic because they do kind of the sky shit and they're weird but like they have some bangers ruby soho is like, a like yeah, rancid's got some fucking rippers also i understand that matt freeman's like the best bassist of all time or whatever but like settle down sometimes like do you need yeah. to rip constantly it's yeah. annoying i feel like rancid's a band where if they if i had like a greatest hits i'd be like this is great yeah, I'm sure like the the Spotify like this is rancid playlist is probably awesome. And it's like I'm cool, but I'm cool with that. Yeah, I don't need to go further. But if people love rancid, I'm also not like hating on them because I get it. Like they're good. It's just like there's only so much shit you can like um be totally about and like mean it. <laughs> like I feel the same way about rancid as I feel about like Taking Back Sunday. Like they're a great band. They have a lot of awesome shit, and I love them. And I understand why they're so important. But like, fuck, fuck off with this. I I have like a, a really weird feeling about Taking Back Sunday, where I'm like, there's some shit they did that I think is awesome for sure. Yeah, totally. Um, all the all the hits are great, and I really love the second album. Yeah, but, me too. But they're overrated as fuck. But it's not their fault. No, it's Hot Topics fault. It's a lot of that, you know, people, people like our age, seeing them at a festival and being like, yeah, I was so into that when they only knew two songs back in the oh, day. Oh, yeah, like, you know, Q without the E and you're so last summer, but like, get fucked. Right. And the other thing about them is uh, I'm not shitting on the band, but anytime I've seen them live, it wasn't great. Uh, th- the first time I saw them in 2003, they went on tour with Saves the Day and Monine right when In Reverie came out. Yeah, but Fred uh, was in the band, so that's why they sounded good. 
Uh, and it was like, um, it was right when Fred joined the band because Where You Want to Be wasn't even out yet. Yeah, they were still four, touring right? till all your friends. It was the the first time they toured till all your friends, and not like the the ten year that they've been doing since 2013. Every time I think I've seen them, they've played the whole album. Every time, dude, I they've got been dra- doing the ten year anniversary of Tell All Your Friends for ten years. I got dragged to their set at Riot Fest one year, and I was so mad because they played the first album and the third one, but not. The second Not the, one, the best one. Yeah, and I was like, and the like, no songs from it. And I was just like, what the fuck? And I was like, pissed. And the first album and the third album are cool. Yeah, there's good. a couple of really like that song, fucking Miami, on the third album it rips. There's some great songs on both of those records, but I don't fucking care about Take Back Sunday, man, at all. I was playing one of the riffs on that second album. They, there's, there's some cool, and I, I don't know if this is Fred or what, but there's some cool like weird chords they do. That's and, that's very Fred. And you hear it all over that second record. And like, I, if you listen to like Breaking Pangea, like his band before Taking Back oh Sunday, yeah, he did a lot of really interesting guitar shit. And they were like a three piece. Right. So he so had he to was do like weird guitar th- shit to fill up the space. Yeah, exactly. But it was interesting. But for me, I like, I really do like that second record. I love that record. But I'm not like a Taking Back Sunday like fanboy. I just really like it. First one, third one, they're good. They're fine. That sure. second one, I'm actually a big fan of. I do love that album. Um, for sure. Also, also though, too, Tom DeLonge, the I think he pr- produced the video for the one the da, 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 that one song on the record where it starts with like the fucking oh. the rim shots. <laughs> yeah, because didn't Blink take a, them on tour? I think yeah, during Untitled. Like they or split like maybe with, after Untitled. It was like them and Fall Out Boy split dates or something. Yeah, that sounds about right. Fuck, what year? 2003, 2004. That was probably 2004. Holy shit. Because 2003, what was the... What was the Untitled main tour? I don't know. No Doubt. No, it was No Doubt in the Living End, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think... Well, that was 04, though, I think. Well, yeah, but no. No, okay, yeah, it was that. Because they did the Dollar Bill tour. Because that album came out in November of 03. Oh, with fucking Bubba Sparks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So people people don't talk about how... Even though the album were always like, oh, 03. It's like, yeah, with a month left in the year. Yeah. That I have the poster it. hanging up out here. It's like November 18th No, because like shit. every summer from like 99 until like 2002... Maybe so like what fucking four summers in a row I saw Blink at Tinley. Yeah, because they did the one with Bad Religion and Phoenix TX. Mm-hmm. Then they did Mark Tom and Travis show. That was that that was that same tour. Or uh, there was so in ninety nine I saw him at Warp Tour. Two thousand I saw him with Phoenix TX and Bad Religion. Two thousand one I saw them with um Alkine Trio and Newfound Glory. And then and in two thousand two I saw him with Saves the Day. Simple Plan and Green Day. And there's one which saves the day was on it, I think. Yeah, that was uh, the Green Day one. Um, there was two tours they did. One was Mark, Tom, and Travis. One was the Loser Kids tour. That was the other one. What was that one? But that might have been after Warp Tour, so not in the summer. Oh, so I don't think I saw that. I think the Loser Kids tour was the one with Bad Religion because they, they recorded the Mark, Tom, and Travis show album on that tour, and then they sold the record to promote the next tour in 2000. You have to fact check me. I don't remember. But either way, no. they they toured their ass off. Yeah, true. So, um, true. And they only took a couple months to make a record, but then they did that one where they moved into those fucking people's house. 
Yeah. <laughs> what a weird I, time. I think that Untitled is their best record, but it's not my favorite record, but I do think it's their best record. I agree, but I also flip between that and Anima because sometimes I listen to Anima, and even though uh, I feel like sometimes I think Untitled's their best one because it's more mature. But then I think of what Anima is to the genre, and I'm like, damn. Yeah, that's true. It, it's it's kind of a toss up. I'm not going to argue either way, but I will say this: we're all making records in our houses these days. And 20 years ago, Blink's like, "Fuck you, we're making a record in someone else's house." <laughs> <laughs> and then they got kicked out and had to go to a fucking studio anyways yeah because they were working on it for like a fucking year they did I mean, a lot of crazy interesting shit during those sessions they did but it's still like yo like how many days do you think them and jerry finn just hung out and we're like all right like we, we we like recorded a riff like we're cool yeah true so they just kicked it i'm not shitting on them they're my favorite band they made some amazing stuff especially on that album i'm just thinking like even they admitted it they said there'd be days where we didn't do anything we just got naked and jumped on jerry Solid. it's like like cool sick your record label's paying for that it's awesome yeah and that record cost over a million dollars to make every record used to cost that much though yeah back then i guess that wasn't that uh, uh, unheard of do you know what a record costs to make now like mm-hmm. If you have bu- the stuff, like not that much. <laughs> if you even if you go to somebody who has the stuff, you might be able to get away with like a thousand bucks and make a full length. Like there's a chance if you make music, you know somebody who records music. The other somebody thing is, you like, know does it. This is a crazy shit. Like I don't really have the space for vocals. It's kind of tough. Yeah, I don't either. But but even if you do everything else yourself, and even if you can figure out the vocals, if not, whatever. You can literally do most of it direct in. You can record an entire album direct in with one instrument cable, one guitar, and one bass, MIDI, or or just MIDI your fucking bass, because MIDI bass sounds amazing nowadays. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Now, don't get me wrong. If you have the people and you can play it, that's great. Sure. It's just not, I don't know. It's just different, man. It's different times, which is weird. But It's, I, it's I, bad and it's good. Yeah, there's 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 a duality, but I do want to say reference back to what you're saying. I do think the album's in the can because I'm looking at the pattern cool. of how much shit they're doing to hype up the band. Like the band's like so relevant right now. True, true. And I think they're going to sell a lot of copies or or like Spotify, what you know how they calculate that now. Get a lot of streams. Yeah, whatever the fucking case may be. But I do think it's going to be a big deal. I do think they're going to keep touring it. Um, Tom seems into it. He was awesome. You know, the yeah, best I've was. ever seen Blink was was this year. They were they were great. They were and, great, and they seemed to. I I mean, it's hard to tell, but it seemed like they were having a good time. It really did. It really it like they truly seemed happy. So good for them and us. Yeah, for sure. And everybody, I was really happy that a bunch of people, even people who haven't seen them yet, might get to experience buying their first Blink album on release day. Yeah. It's like an exciting thing. Because I know how that feels. Like, I didn't get to see them until they got back together because they broke up when I was like 12. Right, right. And and like, I was like devastated. I never thought I was going to see them. 
Oh yeah, I get that. So like now it's like I I I'm sure there are. I mean I know because I fucking I'll do a YouTube video and kids will be like commenting asking me. I know they're young kids; they don't know the terminology for guitar shit. And I'm happy if I can help, but I'm just like, yo, like it's cool that people care about Blink. I thought it was just gonna be a bunch of us fucking. We're not old, but like older guys and girls because everybody in our generation at least knew of them. Oh yeah, every, everyone. And I would say like seventy five percent of people liked them, and probably twenty five percent were huge fans. Yeah, in oh, general, yeah. generally speaking, like at school or whatever. So it's like, it's cool. Like I'm happy for them. Um, again, this is relevant to the podcast topic. I know we're going a little long, but uh, it's really fucking cool because I'm hoping that it opens the doors for more people's music. That's not you know what's going on right now. Yeah. And it's also maybe more kids are going to be like, cool, I want to play guitar. And Tom's got guitars now, even if they're going to do the Starcaster. It's like, well, they're going to be, he's surf green and shell pink. Kids are into that. Not that brown. Yeah, but in 2001, it was, you know, sub $500 and it was at least kind of obtainable. Yeah, but I bet you they'll do Squires. I think they wanted to cash in first. Um, if Yeah, if they do a Squire, I'll probably get it. I really, I really do want to get it. I'm really bummed that I haven't, but I mean, it's you will. There's gonna be more. So it's it's also fucking gone everywhere. Just yeah, but if you take, I took a chance. I thought I was gonna wait six months, and I had one. I got lucky. Like I can get a black one. I don't want a black one. I I want a black one so I can take a picture of it next to my Jazz Master. Because my jazz vest is just a rip off of the black one. And I want to, I if I get a black one, I'm just going to turn it into the boxcar yeah, guitar. The, yeah, the jacket, boxcar, all black. Yeah, I'm just going to put a black pit guard and get the, the Masonic Temple inlays. I, I personally think they're going to do a run of more different colors. I think they wanted to do the originals to cash in on what. Re- I think they wanted to be like, fuck you to the people on Reverb. Yeah, yeah, true. Because it was stupid. Like that, like I love my old one is a, a sentimental to me. So I wouldn't sell it, but like to me, as as far as the guitar in general, it's not really worth three thousand dollars. It's a Mexican. Like, look, I have a squad. It's a Mexican Fender that retails for four eighty nine. Look, I got this when I was fourteen, and I painted it because it cracked, and I set it up like a Delong, and it sounds the same as the Fender. And this is like a you can get this. This is a Squire that you can get for a hundred dollars. Is it just a bullet? Uh, it's the Affinity. A, an Affinity is it? Like, I got it in like oh six. I've never seen this. So. This guitar was metallic red. They made them in blue, red, black, maybe sunburst. I don't know. Yeah, and yeah. You can't really see it on camera. This is a really bad paint job. It looks cool in the camera, but it's really bad. There's a big crack right here. You see that like line? Sure. I cracked the top of the wood. It fell off the stand. So I said, well, the paint looks like shit. It, it, you could see it in the paint. So I sanded it down, tried to learn how to paint a body. Uh, it's like not it, it's whatever but i bought a ten dollar pick card on reverb it's like not a fender one uh whatever it's a pick card that fits i got fucking uh the bridge saddles and the locking tuners from guitar fetish super cheap and i put a real invader in it and it fucking i mean it's a little thinner like those are slightly thinner than a fender right but you most people wouldn't notice that ever no but the next like insanely comfortable because that's like what i learned how to play on Dude, that's I just crazy. I just it does in person. You could tell the paint job's not good, but I just wanted it to look like his uh, Adam song baritone. Yeah, wasn't um, that yellow? The first one was yellow. 
the promo oh, shot one. That yeah, okay. And then but the one he toured with was Capri Orange. It was like a custom orange. They asked him. It wasn't Capri. I thought it was going to be competition, but he said his wife found the paint swatch and they matched it. Oh, oh, cool. And then he painted over it like an idiot, and some kid bought it. <laughs> some kid, like he, like did like the spray paint and like set it on fire and shit, and he sold those for like what, like ten grand? <laughs> Probably. I would, I would pay for not ten grand, but I would buy it if it was that. Not because it's what he played during Anima. It just looked cooler when it was orange. It did look cool when it was orange. I didn't like his fucked up ass Angels and Airwaves guitars, and I don't like his new guitars. They're fucking ridiculous looking. I I'm fine with whatever, but like I think the the strats are the best. Although the jazz or whatever the bear, the white and black one, the he obvious, had obvious If he did yeah. those in different colors, that would be sick. The the market of for that guitar like i mean there's a lot of dudes like us there's dudes that nerd out about tom DeLong gear more than we do even oh yeah i know they're insane and like i remember when we first started talking about it i'm like oh my god yeah this guy fucking knows and then like i got deeper on the internet about it on like reddit and like seeing dudes like alan corona and shit i'm like you spent your whole you made your whole life out of Tom DeLonge's guitars. Like, this is what you did with your life. That's fucking ridiculous. I mean, Settle down. Do what you want to do, but, like, for me, like, I write all my songs on this. This is another Squire. It's ugly. It's got Mickey Mouse on it. Shout out Chad Gilbert. Yeah. Um, it's just a Squire that I got, like, really cheap because it's all dinged up, and it was not used. It was just, like, a floor model. And cool. That's, like, what I write all, most of my shit on. And uh, like the video I did, like you could tell I like blink. I had a surf green guitar with a fucking purple strap, yeah, Mark totally. Hoppus style. But like I'm not gonna, and I love the the long shit. But I'm not gonna fucking like pay like my uh, year's salary to imitate his rig that I'm not playing on a fucking at the United Center, right? I mean, I'm not criticizing other people. Do whatever the hell you want. I mean, if they do more of his guitars, like, cool, I'll try to collect them. But, like, I, I'm i not going to get rid of what I – well, then again, it's hard to say because what I use is basically the long shit one pickup. Yeah. I really want a junior of some sort with a P90, though, for recording. That's, like, my next – I really want a junior – or I just – I want something with a single P90 in it. That's – yeah, that's how where I'm at. I don't know. I, I like the neck on the DC Tribute. Yeah. But they're getting expensive, and I don't, I, I don't care that much about what's on the headstock. I don't either. If it plays good and it sounds good, I don't care. Yeah, so I'm looking at some different stuff, but I just, I really want that for just the where it sits in a mix. Yeah, um, I have a P90 in the fucking neck of the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, but that does me no ever fuck, gonna do. I said it does me no fucking good. Now you're going to fucking join Coldplay? Like, what are you doing with that? The only reason I didn't take it out and is because the pick guard um, for that guitar custom is really expensive. Yeah, but that guitar with a custom pick guard, if you got like a like a tortoise pick guard with no neck hole, that guitar would look so fucking sick. Well, I put the I, – I found on Reverb, I found the Perloid, which is like – I like that. Mm-hmm. But um, this episode's getting insane. Um, but uh, no, it if, all it all makes sense. <laughs> uh, if I if I could get like a no hole one for sure, I will. But the the place that cuts those guards, it's like pickguards.com WD or whatever. Yeah, yeah. In, in Canada, I heard somebody say that's where they cut Tom's for all his prototype strats. Oh, cool! I 
don't know how true that is because I feel like Fender could cut their own, but whatever. But yeah, um, why wouldn't they? Uh, but like, I, it's in Canada, so it's like extra shipping and stuff. So I don't want to yeah, pay like fifty Shipping alone is like forty five dollars. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, I'm not paying like fifty bucks for a pick guard that has literally no cuts in it but screw holes because that guard doesn't cover anything. It just has the one pickup in it. Oh it's yeah, ba- the knobs are all it's on back. The, uh, it's backgrounded. Yeah, there's that. You could just take the fucking no, because you can't take the pickup or the pick guard off because the pickup hole will still be there. But that guitar with just a bridge pickup would be so fucking cool. I know the dude who built Tom's designed that. I believe that Alex Perez. Mm-hmm. He did all the Jim Root ones too. I heard. I love the Jim. The Jim Root guitars have my favorite necks of all time. It sounds like that guy just knows ball about music. He's like, yo, all the cool shit, I'll design. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that's, like, lame, like, yo, like, you do all your regular shit. Like, I'm taking all the, like, punk rock and metal, and it's like, all right, sick. Although, if I can find the pick guard, I would totally do the John Mayer one with the John DeLong one. That's sick as fuck, too. I remember seeing that, I think, on Reddit and just being like, holy shit, this Mill, Mill made this. And the green, it's like green and it's, it's got green the, it's just a silver sky with a fucking invader in it i was like the only thing is the headstock's like not i i prefer a strat headstock. it's still a prs headstock yeah it's got birds on it still too i know i have i've been using my prs on my solo record oh yeah you got that fucking bright ass green prs it's fucking awesome though it plays so nice <laughs> I'm going to bring over my strats, the, the longs, so you can shoot them out, and I'm going to be like, but now play this fucking shit. It's got no, birds like this, on it. Like This is better than both of these. <laughs> you know what's, you want to really, because you know how uncharacteristic of this is going to sound to me. I've been tracking in that with the fucking stock pickups. That is very, un- you've been recording with a PRS with stock pickups. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but not the song I released. That one is my Black Jazz Master. Oh, well, there. Okay, there it is. <laughs> but the, I didn't have that guitar yet, I don't think. I don't think you did either. I don't remember the timeline because I record so far. Like, I've been doing this for like two years because I'm so right. busy. I can only go every now and then because sure. of schedules. But um, it's K- also, too, a bunch of them are capoed up to like the second fret, at least some third. I've been fucking around with the capo a lot lately. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool, except for like sometimes I'm like, can I sing this? Because I like how the guitar sounds, but oh, sure, sure. But sometimes my voice is weird, though. You know how my voice sounds. It's kind of sort of higher when I sing. I don't know. Yeah, every instrument I have has been in standard tuning for probably four months. Yeah, I think the only thing I have that's dropped is my Neil Westfall because I'm I've been writing Stallaway. Everything's been in standard, which is crazy. So. I'm sure if like if I restring something, which I actually need to restring my brown telly, um, just for shits, I'll probably set it up to a, a different tuning. Yeah. Um, and since I've been playing in standard for so long, if I set it up in like D standard or like drop C, I'll be like, oh my god, this is the heaviest fucking thing I've ever heard because I'm so used to standard right now. No, I I feel you, man. Like all my shits regular except for or, or drop D. Sure. But like that's, that's standard though. Yeah, yeah. My white the Neil Westfall one's down, but it's been in, I've been playing in C standard. Oh, cool. Yeah, some of the so new Stolaway. There's like there's a lot of songs we're doing like an EP and a record. Um, oh, cool. There's like half of it's like or not half of it, but like a chunk of it's like C standard because I'm trying to get away from doing the same shit. Sure. But it's I still the same. It's still the same. It's still metalcore. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, oh, like I tuned the string up. Cool. 
Sorry, that's random shinfo. Um, that's all right. That's cool. That's cool shit. So, overall, as far as episode goes, I think we had some pretty good lists. They were solid, man. Chris almost burnt his house down and had to bounce. Chris has never bounced like mid episode before. That's weird. I mean, it must have been pretty fucking concerning then. No, but then he goes, Oh, hey, uh, my grill's been on. So, like, I'm going to talk for like five more minutes. And I'm like, Hey, dude, you're go do this. <laughs> yeah, especially if it's like a gas grill. Like, turn the fucking thing off. Yeah, I'm like, You're like, you don't need to talk about fucking less than Jake right now. Like, go f- turn your shit off. <laughs> like, hold up. We got to talk about Hello Rock View before I like risk burning the house down that's what he did chris is the best that's so funny chris is the best but it is fucking it is after 11 o'clock yeah i gotta gotta get to bed same here man uh this was a ton of fun yeah thank you guys for having me on i'd like to do it again sometime you can do it any fucking you can be on the show every fucking week if you want i don't give a fuck Um, (laughs) if i if i had more time i would but let's try to do another one where i uh can hit the mark with the topic because this was cool um let's do one about like 2000s like hot topic myspace music all right cool i'm gonna order some zip off pants for that one cool i'm gonna get a stud belt i still am trying to get a white one can't find uh, it they're they're around i see them online a lot because i i googled it a couple weeks ago just like because i wanted to know how easy it was to find now now i get ads for them every day <laughs> yo i'm not gonna say where i work on the air but imagine sure. if i wore a white studded belt to my job <laughs> you probably um, could they would well they would not doubt it that i would do that but they would be like yo like i don't know if they would send me home or not they might probably not <laughs> i don't, I don't know because they might be like hey this is like a weapon <laughs> <laughs> it, they kind of were That's my brother true. my brother had the black on black because he was like a metal guy like he wore like metallica shirts with the black studs on the black belt to school and like john cena shorts <laughs> uh yeah and like high top nikes Dude, fucking sick, man. And then, and then I was just like fucking like wearing like the CKY shirt that said "fuck you." Dude, that's sick. I wore it to high school a bunch, and like nobody said anything. That's crazy. I know. I also had a Doombringer shirt. I don't know if you remember Doombringer. Yeah. And I was like, bring the fucking doom, <laughs> like full full chest print to wear like and fucking impact font. Something like uh, it was something real thick. It might sure, have been just, imp- stretched impact, maybe like yeah, just out. like fucking solid but, ass text. But it was like probably the whole screen because it was like, oh yeah, you know? yeah. But anyways, I'm sorry. I know it's late. This was awesome. Thank you so, so much for having me on. Absolutely, anytime. Uh, I'd like to do another one where Chris doesn't have to bounce, so we can listen to him talk about fucking uh, less than Jake. <laughs> yeah, we could do. We'll do a metalcore one too, and we'll have Steve on, and we'll do it in person. All right, that'd, that'd be cool. Let me know ahead of time so we can like schedule that. Right on. If well, you I'm made it this far, here. yeah. If you made it this far in the episode, look forward to that one. We're gonna talk about fucking stew more off more on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, dude. All right, take it easy, man. <laughs> <laughs>